What's up, friends? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ace Hill Beer. Summer is around the corner, or at least it feels that way in Toronto right now. Uh, today was like 18 degrees. It was fucking beautiful. It was amazing. Um, very, very nice. I was out in a t-shirt and a sweater. Um, well, nah, that's a little much, but... I was. <laughs> I was chilling, too. It was nice. Um, but summer is around the corner, which spring at least. Uh, sure. going to be a little optimistic after this winter. Um, Ace Hill has just released two brand new beverages to the lineup. Um, two vodka sodas, uh, a raspberry and a lemon. Um, have not tried them yet. They sound delightful. Um, I feel like that's right up your your alley. It's my it's my summer alley for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. I, I fucked with that in yo, the summertime. You're gonna get white girl wasted off that. <laughs> yo, I can see you with the y'all. I see you with the raspberry vodka sodas. Just getting no. You, you'll put vodka in it though. I know you will. Well, you, you gotta like up the ante a little bit. You can't just <laughs> you can't just go by with the base. The five percent man. Up the ante on some some vodka. So only you would do that. No, I, no, so I Brazilian. Don't do that. No, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. I've seen you do. I it. Put vodka in Summersby and ciders. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Ciders. Summersby yeah, yeah. like ciders. Yeah. You'll do it with that too. I guarantee yeah. you. You'll be like, mm, this needs uh, a kick. <laughs> this needs a, a kick. Ace Hill's recipe isn't good enough. Let me amp it up a little bit. <laughs> nah. No, for sure. Let the experts we know, do their thing. Exactly, and we know that they've hammered this out, banged it out, so it's. Amazing. Uh, we can't wait to try it. We're going to be doing that this week, so that will be fantastic for us. Yep. Uh, I believe they're in stores now. Um, if you're in the Ontario region, obviously, go hit your local LCBO. Um, yeah, they're at, I don't think they're out yet. I think it's coming It's coming soon. It's coming soon, but they're basically at every single LCBO now. LC, yeah. Uh, Ace Hill is, so. Yeah, we get, that, we get that early shit because, you know, gang gang. Yeah. Um, come on the podcast, and then maybe we can, uh, we can hook you up, you know. Yep. Uh, but anyways, this episode was sponsored by Ace Hill, and we are thankful for them. Uh, this episode is also sponsored by uh, Free. Free is a full-service studio that produces content and web series for partners like Canon and Red Bull. Um, it's an incredible 6,000-plus square foot uh, space that hosts inspirational and educational events. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough to be part of some of these events. Um, sessions for this year are going to be kicking off very soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of the planning going into it. Um, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of cool shit coming out. So if you're in the city this, this spring and summer, um, make some time available. Don't know what days yet, but it's going to be church Church. for not church. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, participants will get to learn from top visual storytellers and creatives on technique, gear selection, camera settings, all that jazz, and just how to make it sort of in this, in this ever growing and changing competitive field of photography, videography, and social media. It's a scary world, but. Free helps you out, makes it a little bit less scary. You can check them out on Instagram at the Creator Class and the web visit their website at www.thecreatorclass.com. Uh, our guest today was Yanal Dahlia, uh, founder of Peace Collective. We've been wanting to get him on the podcast for quite some time because I, I we're huge fans of what they're doing as a company, um, as a collective, and also just their massive sense of community and Toronto pride is inspiring to us and you know we're we're obviously very much on that same wavelength with you know fostering and cultivating this community and and really kind of giving back to the city of toronto because you know toronto's love so um we we really fuck with what they what they do um we talked about so many different things today i'm not even gonna bother recapping but you know just to to give you a a slight little taste ryan what we talk about uh definitely his story and how he you know went from a unfamiliar um, medical background to owning a clothing brand, which is one of the dopest in the city, which is always a cool story when you, when you hear those kind of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. His, his story from starting out to like now, I was just mentioning even on the podcast, seeing almost every day I see at least one person wearing one of their, uh, a piece of their apparel on the street. 
Um, they become ingrained in the community, kind of like <clears throat> what what he's wanted to to do. He, he's kind of set out a goal, and he he hit it, and it's really cool to to, to listen to the progression of that. Yeah, and, and this is a great episode for people who are just trying to like make it in in the industry. And if you're if you're lacking some motivation, um, I thought this was a really good episode to kind of get inspired because uh, you know I was a very real dude and didn't hold anything back, um, and just kind of talked about you know his his process from starting out to getting Peace Collective to where they are now. We talked about licensing and partnerships and all that. Um, it was a really good time, and uh, you know we've got nothing but love for that dude. So uh, without further ado, give it up for Yanal Dahlia. Yanal Dahlia. Yep. Thank you for coming through, man. Uh, I appreciate you. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm stoked to hear because like I don't know much about like the origin of Peace Collective. Yeah. So I'm like I'm like yeah I would love to know. Um, you guys are out there doing just crazy shit. Thank you. Um, really, really, really moving um, and shaking in especially this community, but now kind of expanding and growing, yep. definitely nationwide. But um, yeah, I just want you to start off by talking about sort of how Peace Collective came to you um, and how you started that. Yeah, for sure. I think the cool thing about my journey is I think it's as unorthodox as it gets. Like I didn't see myself uh, do this at all. Uh, I went to University of Waterloo for biomedical science. Oh, damn. Uh, damn. You know, came, come from an immigrant pa- family. <laughs> my family's from the Middle East and it was limited options in life. I love you how know, you dropped go, that after. You're you like, know what I mean? Yeah, go, become, uh, go become a doctor or an engineer. Those are like my options in life. So I went to, I went to university and, and I studied biomed and you know, all throughout university, I was just sitting in a classroom where, you know, people loved what they were doing. Like, you know, f- front of the class, putting their hand up, doing well in school. And, and like, I, I fucking hated it. Like, I did <laughs> uh, terrible. I kind of barely got by. And, like, for me, I just always knew that I wanted to be doing what I loved. Like, it was important for me. I just couldn't put the effort in that was re- required if I wasn't doing that. Uh, so I kind of came, came up with the concept of Peace Collective back when I was in university. So this is about eight years back now. And... Um, I knew I wanted to start my own business, start my own clothing line. I knew I wanted to have a charitable cause associated to it. Uh, from I went on a trip to uh, Morocco uh, teaching English uh, t- to kids from lower-income households. And, and the way the school got the parents uh, t- to actually send their kids to school was by providing a meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. You know, something as simple of, as like a school meal was going to end whole up. family? No, for the kids. For the, kid. the, kid. nice. so the, the parent didn't okay. have to think about how am I going to feed my kid right. today. Yeah. So something as simple as like a meal was providing an education. And for me, the concept of Peace Collective at the beginning was by me doing what I love, I want to give back for a future generation to do the same. Uh, so honestly, I graduated university, needed money. So I'm like, I'm going to get into sales. So I got into sales. <laughs> uh, I was working at Salesforce. And, you know, Peace Collective was always this thing I kind of worked on in the side. Um, and Finally, one day I was going to the Raptors game. It was the Raptors Brooklyn uh, series way back, uh, the first time the Raptors made the playoffs. Oh, I don't shit. If you remember. Back in like what, 15, 2015? Yeah, like 2014. 2015. So it wasn't, it wasn't Masai, fuck Brooklyn. It was that time. It was that time. Yeah, it was that time. Uh, and I was just waiting for a friend to, to go to the game. So I was just like, a, like one of those print shops on Queen Street. I just walked in, printed a design. Uh, I was the Toronto versus everybody. Went with my buddy to the game, and it somehow got picked up by uh, on TSN on like a documentary they were doing 
on how Toronto was becoming a basketball town hmm. uh, instead of instead of a hockey town. And you know, people started messaging me, "Where'd you get this shirt?" And I'm like, "All right, fuck it. I have this idea. It's Peace Collective. Uh, it's all going to be about showing pride in who you are and where you come from. It's going to have the charitable aspects. So for every garment we sell, we donate five school meals. And I just kind of really started innocently there about five, six years ago now, just you know, selling T-shirts out of a duffel bag, doing whatever I could." trying to learn how to do design, trying to learn how to build a website, just you know, saving up money, make 50 shirts, sell those, make 100. And it really started like that innocently uh, back then while I was still working at Salesforce until I could quit my job. And yeah, the, I, that was a long story, but that's what? kind of no, uh, yeah, that's the good. background to what, how what, things started. Those early days of like selling out of your trunk, like, yeah. were you like hand pressing the shirts? Like how, does it, how did that work? Yeah, I, I met a guy in, in Kensington Market. I'd kind of bring him <laughs> shirts. He'd kind of like just vinyl press it. It probably wasn't the best quality <laughs> yeah. uh, back then when I was starting off. Uh, but it was just, it was just, it was pretty innocent. It was just fun. It was selling shirts to friends, just DMing people on Instagram. And that's kind of like the origins of how it started. Yeah, um, those shirts are probably classics now. They're yeah. still around somewhere. Still yeah. got a couple That'd be in my other parents' yeah. basement. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, when, for, okay, so first of all, what I want to ask is, like, somebody has some branding background, Peace Collective. Yeah. I, like, I remember when I first heard about Peace Collective, was, I can't remember who it was. One of the homies checked me, and they're like, yo, check out Peace Collective. And I was like, yo, that name is sick. Like, that, yeah. it just fits. How did you come up with a name for your, 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 like, your brand? But then on top of that, sort of, Talk us about like the history and the meaning and the significance of Peace Collective behind uh, your brand. Yeah, I wanted it to be at the core of it. I, I wanted it to do with my the people I knew with my friends. So I wanted it to be like a like an actual collective. I wanted it to be people who wanted to do more than what they were doing. Like a lot of my, my two partners I started with this have a similar background. Like they they both left the banking industry to do this. Okay. So it's you know we never thought we'd be doing what we're doing. So really just a collective of people chasing their passion, doing what they love, giving back to a good cause. And Peace Collective kind of just like fit into that. Nice. Okay. I like that. Peace Collective. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought like when I when I heard the name, I remember thinking like I had this like larger um, sort of first take on what, what I, I had no idea what it was yeah. at the time. This was years ago, obviously. This is cool to hear. Okay. This is like, yeah, this yeah. is years ago. But I had no idea what the, the name was. And then I think, um, fuck, I can't remember who it was. It's going to bother me. But somebody was just like, yo, they were, they were telling me about it. And then I thought initially that you guys were some some sort of like like an organization, like a world organization, yeah. like a charity organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then I found out it was like a clothing yeah. uh, a clothing thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, like different from what I thought. <laughs> and then like, I think it was right after that, I found out about the, how, what, like when you, uh, actually I'll let you tell that, but I found out about the charitable cause in that. Yeah. I was like, man, this is like, it's that it's a complete package of the name because what you guys are doing is so along the lines of just like peace and making like the community a better, more stronger thing. Um, Our community and others across the world. Of course. Yeah. And just even starting the topic and starting that conversation of like, yo, check out what we're doing. Like, you know, being like, how old are you when you started this? Like what? 20, Uh, 23, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were a kid, you know? So it's like, you're doing something like that. And then you have this larger, larger image in your head to be like, yo, let's like do something to give back yeah. in that sense at that point. And like, I think that was amazing. So what, first of all, talk about what the, the give back is, but how did that come into, into the picture for you? Yeah. For, so the, what the give back is, so for every garment sold, uh, we distribute five school meals uh, to a child in need. We work, we've worked with several organizations through our history, but right now we're working uh, with an organization called Mary's Meals. Uh, they're based out of, they're international, but their office is, is in Canada. 
Uh, just last year alone, we were able to raise <clears throat> 350,000 school meals wow. Oh, wow. Uh, to their various uh, programs. And I think for me, it was just always something that was instilled in me. Like I said, I come from like immigrant families that le- from an immigrant family that left war-torn countries to come to Canada. And just, I don't really have a lot of family here. It's just us here, like all our family back home. That's, you know, there's wars going on, different struggles going on. Uh, so it was important for me, like whatever I was going to do with my life, like I had to like give back in some aspect and the actual aspect of the meals like i said with my trip to morocco just seeing like how something you know you just think it's like a meal it's just something you're eating but like it can do so much more it can like pro- actually like provide an education for somebody just like opportunity to provide a school meal uh so i just, it just felt like that was the right cause like i felt something like like i think that you have to like care about the cause you can't just give back to give back you have to like actually be emotionally oh yeah of course uh, yeah. invested and i feel like that's what has allowed it to, to last so long is because at, at the beginning of it like i was emotionally invested into it uh so yeah it just it just always felt like the right cause and like the natural thing to do it's, that's beautiful it's man, really man. cool how like that one moment of you in morocco yeah. kind of clicked for you and then you take that and you bring that to a brand and you expand on it here in the city in Toronto. It's really cool that like the one little thing that. like that. Yeah. Like, and that's how life works. The, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't know. All the all the good stuff you're doing yeah. just because of that one moment. That's awesome. And where you where are your where's your family from originally? Yeah. So my mom's from uh, Syria. Okay. And my father's from Palestine. From so Palestine. Two oh, pretty wow, yeah. <laughs> rough rough countries. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. That's no. That's amazing though. I like I, I like that with with the food. Like I I was, I was telling my dad about that the other day actually because. Um, there's a there's a dude who he used to be a chef like at uh, Noma in yeah. Copenhagen, and um, he just left. He like left the whole career, the industry and the career behind just to make meals that were healthy alternatives for children wow, in amazing. schools. Um, What's his name? Uh, it is I think it's Dan. Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. It's like uh, look it up. Dan starts with a G. Um, I'll send you this thing, but like you should, uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like it was one of those things like, oh, you guys get in, check that in, out. in touch with each other. Um, I'll pull it up. I can't find, uh, fuck, I can't wish. How, I diff- how hard was it like, drop his name on like logistically while, while he looks that up, uh, yeah. logistically to, 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 to get together with, um, this charitable organizations that, that is, that are giving food to, to kids yeah. and all that. Was it tough or, um, it wasn't, it wasn't tough. No, it wasn't. There's a lot of really cool organizations out there doing like important things, but I think what was, maybe a little bit harder and we've gotten better at over the years, like finding the right organization with like the right level of transparency and like, yeah. you know exactly where everything's going towards. Uh, so finding that, like that perfect organization that I'm like really happy that we're working with probably took two, three years where I was trying to get better at it. So like now if you go on our website, you can see the specific meals we're giving back in the specific areas, like, like how they're sourcing the ingredients, uh, what the actual meal is that is going to be provided in the different areas. Uh, so we're always trying to like, how can we create more transparency? Like an ultimate goal for me is it would be cool if you could like make a purchase and like wherever country you're from or wherever you want to give back to, you can say, okay, I'd like my uh, portion of proceeds to go here. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be, so that's like, a, really that's cool. like a, something Building like a network. On. Yeah. Something yeah. To like, again, like making it personable, something that, you know, you're really going to care about at the core. Nice. I like that. Yeah. How many countries are you in now? Do you know? Uh, I think it's about 17. 17 nice. Oh, wow. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Dang, you guys are. Moving, man. Uh, the guy's name is Dan Giusti. Um, the, the, the name of the company, it's called, it's Brigade. Okay. Uh, B-R-I-G-A-I-D, Brigade. Um, but yeah, we'll, ch- we'll chat about it later, but people should look, look that up too as well because it's like, I, I think, I think that's like the biggest thing right now, man. And like Ryan, I've been talking about this, but like just the youth and like helping out that like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> this guy, Jared in the background, over here, <laughs> literal child. Um, 
but yeah, I think like giving back to these, these kids and, and it's just like, that's the people don't realize like that's the future. And you know, like we had a pretty good, you know, upbringing and like, I'm sure you definitely did versus yeah. your parents and yeah, likely both all yeah. of our parents. Um, but I, I think those are things that people need to have a better grip on rather than focusing on like what celebrity endorsements can I get? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like I, we don't see that enough. Like every streetwear or like smaller kind of uh, clothing brand as you come out, their first incentive is always just like, oh, who can I get to like wear my clothes? Like, yeah. Rather than creating something. And that's something I always like appreciated about you guys is like, it, it, it seemed like from day one to even till now, it's just this genuine approach of like, yo, we just want to make cool shit. If you like it, you like it. Yeah, that, that, honestly, that was really important to me because, I, like I said, I don't come from a fashion background. I don't come. I'm not a, like the most avid streetwear fan. Like I, I'm not out there trying to cop the newest everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, like I wanted it to be something for everybody. Like I, I never said like I wanted this to be exclusive. I wanted it to be for like the coolest or whoever it is, like the specific audience. Like I like the fact that there's people my age wearing it. I've seen like grandparents come in to pick up stuff for themselves yeah. or kids. We saw like baby wear. Like I wanted this to like reach the most amount of people. And like, I was always like, that was from day one. It wasn't about trying to be the coolest. That's amazing. Um, what now you say, okay, now you guys have two brick and mortar locations, right? Correct. Yeah. Two. Union station. One at, yeah. Union station. And then one at one in Austin. Austin's the OG one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the first one. How did you guys get from, again, duffel bag, <laughs> duffel bag hustling days yeah. to opening your first, was that your first brick and mortar? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was the first brick and How mortar. did you guys get like, t take me through the process of, of, of starting at that point and like some hurdles that you had to, to get through to get there. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, starting off, you're just selling things out, out of your bag. It was, you're just doing things for you and your friends at that point. Uh, so for me, the first step was to one, build a, build a website. Like how do you go through actually like, obviously we use Shopify, which is great. It's a Canadian company. And then two, how do you find your audience? So that was something that for the first couple of years, all we did, and it was a lot easier back then when, you know, Instagram was completely organic oh, yeah. and you just hop on and I met so many, many people through it, but it was really about, okay, we know what we're about as a brand. We know what our why is. We're about show at that time it was specifically showing pride and being from Toronto and then giving back to a good cause. Uh, so it was easy for us too, because we knew like that's what we're about. So how do we go out there and find people that resonate with that? So it was like connecting with like local blogs or entrepreneurs, people that were proud of being from Toronto that wanted to show that pride. And like, how do we get our product onto people that are going to be influential? And then how do we showcase our product uh, to people who are going to be interested in that? So it was really a lot of work just grinding through Instagram, slowly building it up. Um, and I'd say we had like our first major breakthrough uh Again, like a lot of this ties back to sports. I'm a huge sports fan. Yeah. Uh, so the first Blue Jays big playoff run, the the bat flip day. So like that bat flip <laughs> oh, day was a, huge, was a huge day for me personally. Uh, you know, I had given some sweaters to a mutual friend who was like, you know, Jose Batista's uh, birthday is coming up. I want to gift him sweaters that he's going to give to the whole team. Uh, so I you know, put a package together, made thank you cards, kind of sent that off. Didn't really hear anything back, but it was the morning of that game. Opened up Instagram. He had posted a picture of him and the whole team, not the whole team, four or five players wearing the sweaters. Wow. Oh, shit. Uh, shouting out the brand, talking about the cause. Uh, so right there, boom, you know, sales. We did more sales than we did the previous <laughs> two, three months. But yeah. it gets crazier from there. So uh, he goes to the game. Obviously, it was a great game. It was the, the bat flip. Yeah, damn. Wild. And then... 
when they won the game, they moved on to the next round. So they're handing out the, uh, I don't remember the name of the division, the ALCS, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the, the shirts. And instead of putting that on, he wore a sweater. Oh, shit. Wow. He wore a sweater when he was celebrating. He wore a sweater to the press conference. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's amazing. And so what is that? What did, that like, was just like, Im- like immediate. Insane. What did that do immediate. for you the, for, the, for the brand right there? Uh, in the moment, it was scary because we, <laughs> we went crazy. Like we went like, we were getting like, an order a day, we had maybe like 100, 150 orders that day. And you had a site up, and how many, how much did you, how many like products do you have on that site already? We didn't have that many products, yeah. so you know it seemed like a great idea at the time. It worked out in the end. Uh, we just kind of we had like the blanks available, like we had the product, and we kind of just put things up for sale. Like we were just trying to figure it out. So we put things up for sale, and then kind of had like a day, or, like a week. So okay, how do we actually get these made and ship them out? And we went from getting like you know, like I said, a couple of orders a day. Uh, to a couple hundred orders a day, and we were getting you know you 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 have a you have a system you have a process like you can yeah you, I was like three of us at that time we can answer like five support emails a day yeah most, now yeah. we're getting like fifty to one hundred <laughs> like we had this little fulfillment center it was just this guy that was I think he was in, in university just like guy doing a part time like fulfilling orders yeah. for us and all of a sudden you know it was like okay you have to fulfill like there's a thousand two thousand orders so it was a lot of sleepless nights and like legitimately no sleep like up all night packing orders answering customer emails, getting things made. Uh, so it was crazy, but it was honestly what started everything. Like, you know, you work hard, but you, you need the lucky breaks. Like you need, yeah, of course. you need moments where, you know, like it's just out of your control. Like things kind of just click and it goes your way. Like it just, it goes right. Uh, so it really just set us up for like that next year and like all the decisions we made, the things we did as a brand kind of, it was, it was happening slowly. It might've happened like a year or two slower, but it kind of, sped up that that one you month that hired month. 13 people the next day or <laughs> no I didn't hire, uh, just a couple of people but it was just a yeah. kind of you know one when you have like a big moment like that you have a lot of sales you just kind of take the next level up as a brand you have that yeah. customer data the emails the everything kind of grows the social media following grows your audience grows you can start doing more cool things with you know your tools with facebook instagram ads all email all that stuff once you're you need an audience of a certain size to like really be able to do something cool. Any of your friends have a business background? Or, uh, or that like part of the team? Yeah, yeah, like the three guys, the two other guys. Uh, you mentioned. Yeah, they do. They, 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 but more from like an accounting finance background. Cool. So no, not a lot of business business background. Just kind of just kind of winging it. Doing in the sense. Yeah. Kind of winging it yourself. Yeah. And as, as far as like, I know you uh, you mentioned like you didn't really have a design or anything like that background. Yeah. What was like? How was that like for you starting out being like, okay, I got to design a website. Yeah. I've got to design. I mean, obviously I'm sure that was kind of second nature to you at that point because designing clothes because it was something from your heart yeah. and whatever. But even going into the design, you know, designing clothes and then like sourcing um, uh, wholesalers and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff like that. Was that super daunting to you? How did you kind of get through that? Uh, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't looking back. It feels like it was daunting, but it wasn't because it was kind of like this thing I did for fun on the side. So it was never something that had to happen overnight. I didn't need it to like feed myself. Like I had a job, I had a good job and, and, and I didn't quit that job until I could like sustain myself. So it was a lot of, you know, working nine to five, coming home, working to like one, 2 a.m., going to work. So Damn, grind, grind. yeah, it was a lot of like friendships were hard to maintain. Just like sanity was hard to maintain. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. But like, I think the, the, the easy way to kind of get through it was it, I didn't need it to kind of blow up overnight. It just was just like this passion project that, it kind of took its time till I learned how to do all those little different things. Yeah, and it's interesting the timing too. I think um, of when when you guys blew up was yeah, was that's also super super lucky. Like I couldn't have like yeah, you, know, you, you don't predict that 
predict no, that. No, and it's not all. like I had this giant business plan. Like, oh, this is about to pop off. Trump yeah. is about to go crazy. Yeah, to, like, yeah. Joey it. Batista. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I know. Drake, what a, what a Raptors, crazy time. Like, yeah, that's the thing too. It's like the, the city the, at that time. The city kind of was like it was cool to be from Toronto at that. Like, like it was starting to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was, it was starting to, to bubble cool. up. Yeah, yeah. Because like weekend was really popping. Yeah, everything. Yeah, like everything. It was just like like a perfect storm of. And everything was just new and you know different and cool. So yeah, it all happened like right place right time yeah. and now so going back to the storefront what was what would you say was your biggest challenge to yourself on starting that storefront was it something where you were like you know financially i don't know how we could do this or was it like a was it a hard thing for you or was the whole process just like easy for you and seamless? no it was again like everything's kind of just been like pulling teeth because really? you don't have like the background at all uh so it was bootstrapped like you know we made the decision like hey we want to try to do this uh Ossington at that point wasn't as crazy as it is now. So yeah. kind of weird when you have to renew our Ossington's <laughs> a crazy spot right now. Um, but yeah, it was it was really like just a group of friends and like the, the, we built the store myself, my dad and like my girlfriend pretty much. Wow, really? <laughs> my girlfriend's my partner. Yeah, one of my partners nice. and then my other partner is like one of my best friends from middle school. Yeah, middle school, like six or seven. Wow. Nice. Uh, and then yeah, just my dad, we kind of just built it out, just, you know, winging it. And then the store was a little too big for us so like we wanted to do something different with the front of the store so it was either a coffee shop or a milkshake bar so we have p streets which is a cool little milkshake bar at the, at the front of the store it was just honestly just about trying to do fun fun things different things i just feel like retail is really really hard uh, we've done yeah. some retail that hasn't worked out it's been it's been with those two stores have worked uh just because you got to do things that are different you have to bring people in you can't just you know open a store for people to come shop it's just not going to work like that it has to be either like a community. There has to be multiple reasons for somebody to come in. Yeah, you that's what like I was an experience too. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, are brick and mortar stores almost are they are they worth it nowadays because of how easy it is to access stuff online and buy stuff online? Um, like, I think it adds like if you can do it as a brand, it adds value because it doesn't add value necessarily. You're not gonna make a, a, a huge profit on it. Yeah. Like very few brands are making profit on like brick and mortar retail. But it gives you, one, an opportunity to speak to your customers in real life. Mm -hmm. It gives you an True. opportunity to get that feedback. It gives you like a community space where you can throw events, you can do different things. And I, don't, I think one thing I've really learned is you don't know the value of somebody being like, oh, I like this, I'm going to go try it on, but I'm just going to buy it online later. Like that, that, that brand awareness that you build is very tough to put a dollar amount to. True, yeah. Uh, so we kind of look at it like that. We've had a lot of cool partnerships and like things like on the business development side that have come together because we had that space uh so it's just about viewing viewing it more than just like dollars and cents because you're probably yeah. not going to make a lot of money like at one point we had we had those two stores we had a pop-up at square one and a pop-up at yorkdale and that was a lot to manage and yeah. you know we were we were a bigger team then than we were now uh, and just, you know, you know, we were coming out, we were like, it was cool, it was new, we wanted to just keep opening, we're gonna, we'll do this store, we're going to do yeah. the next store. And like, that was kind of the mentality. And it just hit a point where like, okay, this is not sustainable and it's not working. Like, we like just you can't just open store after store. Uh, so we really had to just kind of pull back on the retail side, like really focus on online and kind of like really future-proof things moving forward. Now, when you went into that space, was it, did you sign like, a, I'm assuming it was a multi-year, a multi-year yes. lease? yeah. How did you, and like, I, I mean, this is, I imagine like a lot of people listening to this also would want to know this question, but yeah. like, how did you 
How did you talk yourself into taking that leap? Because I'm, I'm sure that that wasn't cheap. No. Especially rent in Ossington Strip is, is nuts. But yeah. and it's, it's only getting it's getting nuts, like you said. And when, you, <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you sign something that long, too, it's scary as shit. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Like, because you know that's a that's a big gamble. That's like a yeah. that's like a for the next like uh, like how long was your lease when you signed? Uh, it was five five years. That's all. That's a that's yeah. a half a decade. It's yeah. a long time, right? And that was a lower one. Like, if you yeah, go, usually it's ten, right? Yeah. If you go to like right to like Queen and Spadina, Queen Bathurst, that area, there's no leases there less than ten years. Damn. Yeah, my um, or the malls. Some yeah. malls, like I've seen some deals in malls that are like fifteen years. So. Yeah, yeah, the malls too. Yeah, Von Mills actually just flipped I've over never recently. Done anything in my Von, life for fifteen straight years. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never, yeah. Von Mills, I think, was twelve years or something like that. But a wow. bunch of stores just flipped recently at Von Mills, and a buddy of mine owns restaurant um, Poquito at Queen Spadina, and that was ten also. Damn, yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. But so, I think they're changing too. Like they're they, like a lot. That's bombed for a lot of people. So yeah. That's how we were able to do square one uh, and Yorkdale was like a six month to one year. Oh, nice. So like a deal. legitimate pop up kind like of a legitimate pop situation. So well, I think there's a lot of value in that. When you went into that situation, how did you kind of talk yourself mentally through that? Was that like a you had the confidence inside or was that like, yo, if I have a, if I have this on paper, I'm going to have to grind and make this or make this like happen and sustainable over five years? Or how yeah. was that like how was that what was going through your head when you realized you had to sign a five year lease? And putting all that money behind yeah. something that you know you started, and like you said, were it was like a duffel bag operation. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really tough decision. It was, uh, but it was understanding that we wanted to take the next level as a brand. Like we wanted to, we had to just believe in ourselves and what we were doing. And we didn't know if it was going to work. We didn't have the background, but it just at that time, you know, we were growing online. It was it was coming off the everything that was happening with the Blue Jays as well. So it kind of allowed, like I said, a lot started from that. So if we hadn't done that we probably would have taken us another year or two to be able to open a store. So we had a little bit of cushion there to make that decision. Right. Um, but it just, we wanted a place, like community is important for us. So we wanted a place where we could have that community. Like we throw a lot of events in there. We want to do a lot more. Uh, so it was important to have that space. And it's just like a, it's just a, we've always taken the risk we've had to take. By no means do they all work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like at sure all. So. Uh, but it just, in that moment, it felt like the right decision to make. Nice. What do you guys, what kind of events are you typically running out of the space? Uh, so we do events uh, for launches. So we just did one with uh, for, for Nickelodeon, for, for our Nickelodeon collab, uh, where we'll preview the collection. We'll just invite, you know, friends, family, just other people in the community, other people in the industry. Uh, we just did a panel talk on Sunday for International Women's Day. Nice. All nice. about okay. uh, like techniques and ways uh, for self-love. Uh, and we do something we just started that we want to do a lot more of again, like giving back, like we were talking about earlier is, uh, we want to do a pop-up series where we let different like up and coming Canadian brands, Toronto brands, like just take over the front of our store nice. oh, wow. a weekend. So we did the first one last week. So we want to try to do that call it like a Canadian built pop-up. We want to try to do that once a month. Amazing. So if you have any cool. uh, recommendations, I yeah, do. We'll talk, sure. later yeah, yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah. We'll talk later for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. What now? I obviously you mentioned like community is a big big thing behind kind of what you guys do. What what made that kind of a realization for you where you were like, yo, what I'm doing forward with, going forward with this company and what I'm planning to do, like we need to incorporate the community into that. Was that just a love of the city or was that something where you're like, yo, here's an in and I can definitely take it not take advantage of it, but here's an in that I can I can fill. Yeah, for sure. Of- I think that you do everything cuz you want it to be successful business wise, right? So obviously at the core of it Again, it's giving back, finding, like, you know, again, it's all about chasing your passion and giving back. So it was trying to connect with, so what we try to do 
is connect with Canadians that are doing something cool, that are leaders in whatever they want to do in life, and that are interested in giving back. So, like, how do we associate ourselves with those people? And how do we, you know, showcase those people's stories, you know, to motivate other people that are also trying to do the same? And in terms of on the business side, like, we didn't come out with, like, I, I didn't have, like, huge influencers at my disposal. You know, I didn't have different things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, so we had to really be, like, organic, like, ground up, try to build a community. Like, it, this is a brand for everybody. So that was kind of, like, our way of trying to overcome the hurdle of, you know, not having necessarily that those those giant level influencers or those things that make it a lot most brands succeed succeed because of that so we didn't have that at our disposal so just trying to find different ways to, to do what we did you, you bet it all on the community essentially yeah and it's paid off yeah definitely yeah. would you say you put a lot of time into like researching and understanding the ins and outs of that industry or was it just something real like Yo, i'm gonna fly by the the, the handles here and just do what i know and do it like that or did you spend a lot of time researching like nah, this industry no nah, <laughs> nah, not at all it was really? just uh, <laughs> yeah just honestly like that's just my belief on life like just try different things and just learn from it. Just like fail really quick, like fuck up, just do the wrong thing and then get to the right thing quicker. I love that. I feel yeah. the same way. And that's- <laughs> it's a new age entrepreneur, man. Like that's, that's, so, that's how things are nowadays. Like you'll, you'll research a couple things. Like you, don't, you go in, you know, not completely, completely blind. Like you can look some shit up on, on YouTube and you can find like a couple tips and tricks and stuff like that. But you don't need to be classically trained to do any no, of this shit. I feel like a lot of people use that as like a reason to like stall. Like for me forever. Yeah. Like I probably could have started this way earlier if I didn't just make up so many excuses in my head <laughs> if I needed this much money or this and that. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people don't want to fail. Like I like there's people like that will want to start a brand and do so much research and put so much money into it and like try yeah. to develop like the best thing. And like honestly, all you had to do is just show it to somebody. Just like make right. a t-shirt and whatever it is you want to make, just make it, show it to people. If it sucks, it sucks. Like yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's better to do just try doing shit than making perfection yeah. shit. But I like it's, it's funny different for everybody though. Like I'm sure some people that's not how they operate. So you gotta find like what works what for you, works of for course. You. But it's funny because I'm like, the reason why I ask is like I'm listening to you like say the shit, I'm like blown away by it. And I'm like, I'm like, I wonder, like, I wonder if you did like a lot of research because you, you sound like, you know, like, uh, like more than what you're talking about. Yeah. And it, you just sound like, you know, so much about this industry and obviously you do working in it. Yeah. Now, but it's been but five I just years. Mean, like, so now like, yeah, of course. Whole... Yeah, of course. But it's just funny, like listening to you talk about like, you know, like these certain things in the business and the ins and outs and all that kind of stuff, you would sound like you went to, you know, you either went to like school for this or educated yourself beyond belief to that kind of a level on the ins and outs of this industry. Cause for a lot of people like myself included, man, like the, it's daunting, like, especially like Ryan and I, like we, we both kind of have like a food, like food background. Okay. Um, Ryan way more so than, than me. Like Ryan was the general manager of, uh, of a, of a nice. store, but, um, we always like used to talk about like restaurants and stuff like that and why they don't do well and yeah. like, storefronts and how they're, how, what's the, you know, the, the number 50% close after the first year. Yeah. yeah. Of, of restaurants. Food right? is like, we just do milkshakes. No, I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. Wow! Sounded the police. Yo, I thought that was a, the alarm in the building. <laughs> Me too, dude. I thought that. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow, that was That's loud fire, as fuck. Man. That's the loudest I've ever heard on this on the show. Um, but yeah, no, like I, the uh, <laughs> it's like still going in the background. Um, yeah, you don't make money off food. Like it's tough. No, it's really, it's really hard. Food. Yeah, food is a hard thing. But at the same time, too, like I know people, like a lot of people in retail. Yeah. And just even a retail space, like that's a huge because you you have to make that overhead to keep that sort yeah. of rent is not cheap in the city, yeah. especially in like a lot of these locations. And like, granted, you were there in Austin, like when it was just before it started popping yeah. off. But even so, it was still not cheap back then. No. Because like my barbers, like from like they're my I, I like town barber. I don't know if you know okay. those guys. Yeah. I've seen but yeah, yeah. So um, they're like Dundas in Austin. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just, it's funny to like hear, you know, somebody who's like self-taught, 
just talk about like, you know, like in this industry and having like storefronts and a successful company. Um, it just, it really goes to show like the power though of like yeah, this generation kind of putting your foot down and just and figuring really it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think you gotta be like real with yourself, like what you're good at. Like, you know, I tried going to med school, like that didn't work <laughs> out for me. Like I tried different things that didn't work out for me. So I've always tried to like find like what I enjoy doing just to, it makes it easier to work hard at it. Uh, so I, it's it's definitely not too much research, but I, I do try to read and educate myself and like learn different things and, and, and try to constantly be learning and working at it. Uh, but yeah, like a, a lot of it happened just trusting, trusting an instinct and then just working as hard as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Now you said we were talking about like the uh, the Nickelodeon collaboration recently. Yeah. That just uh, the first part of that, which is the Rugrats stuff, right? Yeah, that dropped on Friday, last yeah, Friday. Last Friday. How did that? Uh, how did that kind of come to be? How did you guys like reach out to Nickelodeon? They reached out to you. How did you guys? Yeah. I know you guys have a lot of background in sp- the sports sphere. Yeah, and um, I, just to bring it all back, so how we got? I'll go back to how we got our first license deal. Yeah, so. yeah, do it. Yeah, do the. So the whole Batista story. thing happened, but we were just selling our own sweaters. So you know because I, I do have a background in sales. Like one of the first things I did is like, okay, I'm going to take all the numbers, all the sales we did, everything we did. I'm going to reach out to the Blue Jays and be like, Hey, look, in the last eight months, your players love the product. We were able to do X. We should work together. I just honestly sending emails like <laughs> yeah. that to people yeah, yeah. in the Blue Jays organization, just trying to message them on LinkedIn email, just try to kind of work my way up. Uh, and I finally got to a point where I connected with, uh, he's no longer with the team, but he was like the head of head of marketing at the time. So I was familiar and kind of connected and was like, okay, let's see if this would work for our customer base. So he put me in touch with the MLB. We put together like a small one year, like test deal, got the license, came out with the product. It did extremely well, extended that deal. And like, we've been working with the Blue Jays ever since. And it's kind of always been a snowball effect. So the NBA saw what we were doing and you know, are like, hey, do you want to do something with the NBA as well? And, so the MLB was the first brand. MLB was the first oh, license. It went to the NBA, uh, Hockey Canada. We do Major League Soccer now. Yeah, they uh, jumped on real quick, eh? Like everyone else after the Jays, or no? Was yeah, because like a- the interesting thing about Toronto and Canada is it's really small market compared to the U.S. Yeah, so course, like yeah. one of the cool things about us is we're Can- we're like a very overtly Canadian brand. Like we didn't try to go after the U.S. Like we're all about. Canada, yeah. like this is our market. There's not a lot of people doing things for the Canadian market, and there's not a lot of Canadian sports teams. So, uh, where we were able to be successful with licensed apparel, it's all about you know showing pride in your team in a more fashionable way. Like we don't do a lot of team color stuff. It's all about you know something you can wear to the game, but you can wear out with friends. You can wear to the bar. You can wear it every day. Like more minimal, street focused apparel, but for fan gear, and there just wasn't a lot of options, and really no options in Canada. Yeah, for, for that. sure, yeah. Uh, so that's what kind of allowed us to slowly acquire all those licensing deals. And then, again, like Nickelodeon is somebody that saw what we were doing, reached out, and that's how that happened, yeah. Now, with this, I don't know how, like, these things work, but with a, when you have a license, do you have to, like, pay for a license, or is that, how does that work? Yeah, so with a license deal, it's, it's, it's usually a percentage of sales. Okay. And you usually have to have, like, a minimum guarantee, like an upfront guarantee that you're going to guarantee, hey, I'm going to at least pay this much yearly. And then it's like a percentage of sales beyond that. Well, that Raptors championship run helped you guys out a little bit. <laughs> that, was, that was insane. Yeah. Hold on. Before, before we get into that, my question, that my exhausting. question, that's, I, like, I'm so stoked to talk about that. Um, I'm like, I'm so, I'm trying so hard to like think of other things to talk. That's all I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard. But um, okay. Beyond that though, the, uh, so you said that you, sometimes you have to guarantee an amount. Yeah. How does that work? Like, so I, I imagine too, it would be relatively substantial, but how does that work if you don't sell that amount? Do you have, does that come out of your 
do you have to pay that at the end yeah of you it? still have to pay that so like Shit. it's great having these license deals but you have to know what you're doing because it can get yeah. expensive really really fast Shit. uh so yeah you have to guarantee what you're going to guarantee if you sell zero things uh, they don't care you so did you guys were you guys able to kind of construct that contract then in those terms to be like hey this is what i think we can do so yeah, you yeah, can kind yeah. of set your own exactly guidelines? yeah so you kind of make a forecast together what you think you're going to do and then based off that forecast you kind of come together in a minimum guarantee but they obviously aren't going to say oh i'm going to forecast 50 shirts you know of course I mean? yeah you have yeah. to course. be able to you know hit the hit like a minimum threshold yeah. for all these different properties Okay, um, so then the okay, Nickelodeon. All right, let's. Well, I know. Yeah. Well, you're. I'll say because your your second store at Union. Yeah. That was before the Raptors championship, right? Yeah, that was. That yeah. was it's been. This is the third year in Union, and that's like kind of like our sports focus store being so close to the arena like to oh, yeah that, i didn't yeah, realize I was, that was like a sports focus one i just yeah. thought i like literally as you were talking i was like oh it's at union because of the fucking stadium that's right yeah. there. like this, <laughs> that <laughs> makes complete yeah, sense yeah, yeah. that makes sense um, um scotia bank place yeah. okay bank let's yeah. let, let's ACC, I, whatever it's <laughs> address the elephant in the room we have to talk about yeah. the raptors championship right? yeah um just fuck just take us go yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I can imagine that was insane. Was that insane? More or less than Joey Bats? <laughs> a lot more. Oh, yeah, a lot more. <laughs> and it was cool. Like I think just from that, we were able to raise about 150,000 school meals. Damn. So just kind of put in perspective of what we we're doing. Uh, but it's cool. Obviously, I'm like a, I'm a diehard like everything fan: basketball, football, soccer, everything. Yeah. But like just seeing the Raptors win and also kind of getting to be like a part of it on a small scale. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was insane. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. And like just the sheer amount and like sh how many people were interested in wanting the product. And it was, I think there was legitimately, I'm not exaggerating, like a month and a half, two months where I don't think I looked at my computer. I was just legitimately <laughs> in the warehouse packing really? orders. Wow. Like we're a big team now. There's like 10 to 15 of us and we were all That's just like, our day jobs just like stopped. And it's funny, the Nickelodeon collection was supposed to come out the week before the Raptors won. And Actually, it got, it got delayed until yeah, this I'd year imagine, because yeah. wow. was, everything was just like on the back burner. It was like Raptors focus. And we were in a good position uh, to be able to capitalize on it, like compared to the Jose Batista situation, because we we're, you know, yeah, yeah. Just set up already set up a little like bit a better legitimate company and we were, you know, launching new products every week. Uh, so, again, it's like these moments, you know, a lot of times as a brand, it's like a lot of ups and downs and sometimes some weeks it's tough to make payroll and it's just like all like the craziness. And, you know, th these couple of things that happen every couple of years that, you know, these big home runs kind of make it easier to you know sustain your business long term. Of course, give you that incentive to like, yeah. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, like exactly. we're in the right direction. Um, now yeah. gives you some breathing room too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. I can imagine too. That's like terrifying though with like the, the like the Nickelodeon deal within the rat, like all the like, no, the Raptors, Raptors like, they, legitimately just like yeah. Tommy Monday. and Chucky need to chill. <laughs> Tommy and Chucky need to chill. What's the name? Chucky and Chucky. Tommy Pickles. Tommy yeah, Pickles. Rugrats is my favorite. Of yeah. Them. Rugrats is that so good. That was dope. Yeah. You did the Sesame Street stuff too, right? Yeah. yeah that Sesame was before Street. That. That was after November. the championship. Yeah, after the yeah. championship. Oh, yeah, you're wearing the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so Raptors. Now, when you guys did that, were there people in that were working for you that were also working like regular, like other jobs as well? Yeah, so like I love my team. Like a lot of people like marketing, graphics, design, like just like, I'm sorry, this next like month, you're legitimately just folding t-shirts. Yeah, you're slaving. You're slaving. <laughs> Banging t-shirts. You're slaving. That's yeah. so Shipping funny. So things out and like it was a good team. Like everybody stuck together. We worked through it. So like after everything in the moment is like really stressful and it's tough and it's literally like working Monday to Sunday, 
nonstop orders, customer emails. And it's like, you know, people want their stuff before the next game, trying mm-hmm. to keep customers happy. We probably didn't keep every single customer happy, but we tried our best. But it was an insane time. Like, even if you tried ordering from, like, the team store, you, you know, it yeah, takes exactly. forever to get anything. It's just not their fault. It's, like, the sheer demand. Oh, yeah. And, like, just speaking crash the NBA side. Speaking with the like, uh, the team, I think the it was the most merchandise, I think, ever sold for a championship run. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. We crashed was, the NBA side. We're the only team, yeah. ever, only championship I think the only the thing side. that compared to it was Cleveland because, again, like, they hadn't won yeah. anything in forever. Similar, yeah. Compared to, like, if the, Lakers, if the Lakers <laughs> or Boston win, it's, like, I have, like, 30 of these in my closet. Yeah, yeah. the Patriots win all the time. You're just, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care about there's the design. Like the, yeah. There's nothing like the first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and the that's first cr- championship. In my uh, the TFC one was really cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like who knows when? Well, hopefully it's again this year or sometime yeah. soon. But like, just something you got to cherish. Were you more? Are you more like? I hate to I hate to put you on the spot like this, yeah. but are you more of like a Raptors fan or more of a TFC fan? Uh Raptors fan. Okay, so honest. that was so that was definitely more yeah, impactful for you than more, more meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Because he's a huge, clearly. I've seen yeah. Yeah. So. Season, yeah. I, I am a big TFC fan, yeah. but I just think that the emotional connection hasn't fully developed. It hasn't 100%. Been, it's, it's earlier. It's, it's newer years. than the Raptors. And there hasn't, right? like, they already just started winning right away. So it's yeah. like you, you don't have like the years of bent up like disappointment yeah. and like self-hatred. Well, that was the, the TFC well, does. <laughs> no, TFC has much years of you bent up a, no, frustration. You, you need to chill with that. Not if like, you're like They've been a team for like one year. They've been a team for 12, 13 years now. And like two of them was when people started like actually like, the MLS. <laughs> they've been thing. shit. They've been shit since 2016. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Right? They've been shit for a while. But but here's the thing though. It's like they came in in early-ish MLS. MLS has only been around for 25 years, right? Yeah. So TFC came in in half of this. Which is also ridiculous. When people say that, I'm like, let's reassess. The MLS it's has true. actually been like relevant. Like people have known about the MLS for like 10 so, years. So funny thing about the MLS, true, that's yeah. by far was like the hardest licensing deal to get. Really? Be- yeah. The league is so interesting, man. It's There's so, so like, many protective. Diff- yeah. It's like really growing. Was that on the MLS side or the, the MLS? Because MLS controls MLS. everything. MLS. MLS controls everything. I don't know how it works, but they technically own all the teams. They do. MLS they own all the teams. Oh, right. Paycheck Players' paychecks are signed by the MLS, not by the it's MLS. Because I think they've gone bankrupt, or whoever's tried yeah. to do U.S. soccer has gone bankrupt a couple of times. Yeah, so. a couple of times, and then the MLS bought everybody back, bought yeah. essentially. So they own they own every single team themselves, yeah. with obviously partners. MLS is a partner. Yeah, but it's a um, booming sport. Like I'm a yeah. I'm a diehard football fan before basketball or anything. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, like that's my sport. Interesting. Um, Who you watch? Liverpool. Uh, interesting. Lucky you. Are you a yeah, recent so, Liverpool fan? No, no. I, I've <laughs> always been a Liverpool fan, yeah. but more, uh, like, obviously, because I'm Middle Eastern, I'm Arabic, Mohamed yeah. Salah. Is, yeah, like, of course. He's been my favorite player since he was with Roma. Of course. And just, like, following his career. It's, like, the, probably the only time in my lifetime there'll be, like, another like, an actual <laughs> yeah. Arabic like, I guess athlete to look up to. No, you'll, you'll get a couple. It's been That's 29 you know what, years and there's Man, only I'm one. You, like, after, uh, <laughs> it's like Brazil. Like, every yeah. week there's a new superstar. I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled. He's Saudi, right? No, it's from Egypt. Egyptian. Oh, he's Egyptian. Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. he's Fuck, like a okay. god. I, he was, I think yeah, he finished yeah. third in the like president voting or whatever they have. Yeah, really. Yeah. He was a write-in ballot. He legitimately yeah. finished That's top. People just top wrote him. Well, this That's kind of what my point was. Is like, <laughs> yo, I think straight up though, like after him, I think you're gonna see sort of like. I mean, it was a thing, obviously, before, because, like, what's his name? Maradona and all that kind of shit. But with the Messi effect, though, in, in, in Argentina, like, I think you're going to see that in, you know, the, the, the Middle East, where you're going to see people, like, looking up to to this dude and, like, people, like, I mean, Africa's, you know, but Northern Africa and, yeah. and the Middle East, just in, in general, you're going to see a lot of people being like, yo, he's like, he's oh, the, he can do it. You know, it's, yeah. it's that, that inspiration. I say there's, right? there's other players, there's other great players, but this guy's legitimately one of the top. The, yeah. Yeah, five to it's, ten players in the world, depending yeah. on like what how you feel yeah, about them. Yeah, the top ten highest paid too. I know that. Yeah, soccer's <laughs> changing too. Like these teams that 
weren't aren't good historically are getting like amazing players like out of the ass like it's not easy anymore for like big name teams to come in and just win shit like it's difficult no. it's difficult that's why like as like a teams avid, are getting better as an avid sports fan that just wants to consume as much as possible like it's the best sport to like you have like yeah the italian league the english league the like so there's many so many leagues there's i was so like many, never there's, then there's champions league and europa league yeah and, like, yeah i was so never much to really watch. a football fan until i actually met ryan which is like fuck like, i don't even know like 15 years ago or whatever yeah. but um i was not really like a huge football fan just because i had never really got into it. i grew up playing hockey here yeah. like my whole life um you know fo- like football american football yeah. and all that kind of stuff and rugby and stuff so i just never was really there and basketball but um then ron was just like all right I, like i was o- i always watched like world cup because that was the one time where i'm like all right yeah, cool like i can yeah. so i can support you know what i mean like i'm, I'm italian irish from yeah. trinidadian so i'm like yo all right, so I got picking the Italians. In that, in that yeah, trifecta. at that point, I'm like, do we even have other? Do we have teams? Like, I don't, you know, I don't even know. So I was like, and Italy. This was back in shit. This was like oh oh four. So I think is when I started. Oh six. Yeah, because I think it was like oh four when I was just like, okay, I'm gonna watch some like national team soccer. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, this is sick. And I was like watching like Italy. I was like 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 uh, Francesco Totti. Yeah, um, they had a solid team, man. That that oh six team was like, was insane. Gilardino, the, the definition uh, of a team. Del Piero, Buffon, Del Piero. Um, still on that team yeah uh chiellini um cannavaro marquisio yeah. it was it was insane it was like the, the like the most complete the team of all time and i was like coming watching back them. right now a little bit yeah yeah, yeah a little really. italy always has those spurts though yeah. they always yeah. do like every they, they fuck up every 12 years and then then they do well right after they have like another cycle yeah. and then they're they're out for 12 years like yeah. world cup wise well and yeah then because i think that i was actually i think about this other day because like and then i watched that team win the 2006 and i watched the, I, yeah. I like i rode the whole journey so that was yeah. the first time for me again being a toronto sports fan I'm not used to winning shit. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like I'm, I, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a bandwagon thing. Like I'm actually, yeah. I was watching them for like a couple of years. And I'm like, all right, like, like international tournaments and friendlies and stuff. And then they won world cup. And I was like, yo, I don't know how to like, I was I like cafe diplomatico. I was like, <laughs> streets going crazy. I'm like, this is the, it was the, honestly, it was genuinely the first time in my entire life that a team I, I supported in some capacity yeah. won a, a championship which in any like capacity, a nice feeling to which have. is, it yeah, is, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I'm, I was like 13, so yeah. it was or 14. Like yeah. it wasn't even, it wasn't even a. It was just ridiculous because you know Maple Leafs and everyone's garbage. I'm a New York Jets fan, which is fucking. Uh, I'm yeah. a Giants fan. Oh God, you know, <laughs> man, you know vibes. That's the worst. So it's well, like he's won a couple times. Yeah, true. In, in, in the same, won, in the yeah, same yeah. time span that you've yeah. been a fan, he's won more. True. Yeah, Jets true. probably like a top five, like most heartbreaking. Oh yeah, dude. Franchise. It's they're oh, God. It's the worst. The, they in, were the Maple Leafs of the NFL too because they're like throwing the Knicks there too. And yeah, you got yeah. a whole yeah New York sports. But um, that's why I, I love. I'm the biggest Eli Manning fan because it's hard to succeed in New, in New York. York. It's so hard. Hard. You can say what you want so about that guy, hard. but he won. He won two Super Bowls. Yeah, two Super Bowls. Yeah, true. He did. A, I, <laughs> Eli Manning discussion. We'll have this discussion at, at length because <laughs> Eli Eli's great, but at the same time, I feel like the whole f- thing. You know what pissed me off about Eli is he did like the Eric Lindros, where he just, he denied going to the team that he was drafted to, and he told them yeah. like I wouldn't play because you know he, you know who was going to draft him. Yeah, it was Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. They did, and then they took Philip to Philip Rivers yeah, instead, which they lucked yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, it worked out fine for the Chargers, so I, I don't of like course, fault. But no, no, no. That. But at the same time, I think that's just like a scummy thing because that's yeah. like Eric Lindros being like when he got drafted to Nordiques. Yeah, he's but just like, like, I'm not going to play. You're like, bro, you just got drafted <laughs> the the majors. Like, you're, you're it is pretty ballsy. As a it's rookie. not perspective though. Like Kobe Bryant did it. 
Charlotte? No, he got Charlotte. traded. But did he got did traded? Did he complain though? Yeah, he's like, I'm not playing. Oh, here. I didn't so, know he complained. Like, really? He just wanted to win. So it's just it's about how you want to. Like, no, I don't know, I know if that's true. That. I don't think he complained about I hope, it. I'm pretty sure that's what. Yeah, that's why. I know. I know. Ellie's on the Ellie's on the keys already. I know he got he got traded for Vladi Divac. He got traded for Vladi Divac. I know that. I just didn't. I didn't know if he was the one who. No, I'm pretty sure he's like, I'm going to LA. That's crazy. But no, what I was saying was like, I think. Like with with Italy, right, and like these teams, you're seeing. I think the big issue with Italy is that their teams get so good for an extent, like a couple, a, a few year run, that everybody in like the development program, they're like, "Fuck it, I'm never gonna make this team." And so th- whatever, and then it just it lulls out. Yeah. Then they go through a period where they have nobody because in, in in development, those guys are now kind of aging out with you. I feel like what's so complicated too is like, like a, a shitty thing about Argentina is like all their good players are strikers. Yeah. Like they're all just strikers and attackers. So you have to be lucky enough to like grow up in like a time when the other great players from your country are playing the right positions. You have like a real team, you're able to come together, kind of like what France has right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or England has like a really cool squad coming up. But a lot of times country like you might have a lot of talent, but they're all playing one or two positions. You can't really feel the full team. And it makes it really hard to like actually go out and win something. I think team teams like like to that point, Argentina, Brazil, and and Italy have played a certain style for their history, like hundreds of years. Yeah. And people are just just in general, world soccer and and sports and technology, everybody's just getting better. So they're figuring out like, hey, Italy plays defense and counterattack, and they're really good at it. Let's stop them. So you stop them. You go through a stretch of years and years of everyone just tactically figuring them, yeah. figuring them out, and then they, they struggle against teams like Ukraine and like all yeah. this kind of stuff, right? Brazil struggled to get out of the group last World Cup. Yeah. Meanwhile, we'd be like filling these guys with four goals, right? So it's yeah. like we're winning one nothing. Like that's not how we play. We play offensive. Right, so it's just I think everybody's getting figured out, and to the Argentina point, they've never really had a good cohesive team. It's generally been one guy who's been fucking running with it, yeah. and the guy's been good enough to be able to carry them in far places. But yeah, you're right though, because they have good strikers, and they have like one or, one or two like really good guys that carry them, and then the rest of the team just. just I hear just that there. Brazilian resentment in the back. Of course, hundred percent, always. <laughs> Argentina, no, they've soccer, never had a good team. Soccer, soccer yeah, guys. One of my best friends is Brazilian. Soccer beef. does not does not acknowledge that. Argentina Brazil's exists. looking nice this year, though. Yeah, we we always look nice. Yeah, though. but no. Oh, well, like there's a couple over years the hump. It's over, it's over the hump. Yeah. We've always looked nice. Even the, the, the times we haven't, we've looked the worst has been when guys like Ronaldinho and Ronaldo have been on the team. Like the South Africa World Cup, we played like shit, and it was just a, it was just a, a, just a bunch of players that are good figure it out, and then there was never, it wasn't a team. It was just a bunch of good players that are all aging. Yeah. Meanwhile, then, we had guys like Ronaldinho, Adriano, and Ronaldo on the team, right, and right. Robinho. But that was like one of our worst teams in recent history. Our team, like in Russia, was better than that. Team wise, true. Definitely right. not the not the one in uh, actual Brazil. He was there yeah. for the World Cup. There. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I saw the seven right. one. Oh, like, yeah. not, no, not. I was very close to buying tickets. It's gonna cost me. You were right outside bucks. of it though. Yeah, it's no, I funny, went to the, the I, fan fest. I was in Rio uh, like a week or two ago, and they actually had like a mural of like the Germany team that that beat that Argentina team. <laughs> Yo, well, the yeah, funny thing he was telling me. The funny thing is like they celebrated that Germany. They have a lot of respect for 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 German soccer. Brazil's always loved German soccer. There's been like through the histories. Um, it's just it's just the thing that that they that they like and and that German team the reason one of the the bigger reasons too is they had a jersey that was a red and um, mm-hmm. black stripes and that's yeah. Flamengo stripes yeah. Flamengo's colors and Flamengo is, has the highest um, uh, highest fan base in the world yeah. the biggest fan base in the world in Rio so I'm sure they have like German murals yeah just I, because I didn't of get a that. chance to go to the game but the stadium yeah. looks crazy oh the Maracanã every, is, every other historic. person has the has the jersey on and yeah all right we talked about this a little bit before we we, we went live here but I I got I got to bring it back up again because this is an ongoing thing. <laughs> How did you feel? How did, did you? Feel, let me ask you again. Did you feel safe in Brazil? 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> start laughing right away. Um, so fucking again, like it. I'll I'll Can't I'll even. say it for like the whole audience. So I went to Brazil for a bachelor party uh, for, for ten days. Uh, That's wild. I'm already, already terrified. That I'm already statement out. is wild <laughs> already. So <laughs> I probably wasn't, you know, being the smartest about how what we were doing. We were, you know, stumbling out of a, a club in the, the the main. What's it called? Lapa. Lapa. The main. Have you heard of it? The oh, main, I'm not sure. Like, no. Party area. Anyways, party area in Rio. At 6 a.m. and me and my buddy were just walking, looking. Don't for just gloss over 6 a.m. 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 6 a.m. Yeah, you're asking us like sketchy parts of the thing. Like, not our fault. We don't know that. The club yeah. opens in Brazil at like 2 a.m. Yeah. Like, like the, legitimately, the it's doors so open late. so people can go in at like 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. that's it's not wild. Like, like it gets live at 2 a.m. The door actually opens at 2 a.m. That's but anyways, wild. coming out at 6 a.m., me and my buddy were just walking on the street. We literally like us two, and there's two people in front of us. We get jumped by I don't know. It was so many. I think it was somewhere between 15 to 20 people. Fuck. They just like you know, just punch you a couple times, throw you to the ground for no of, reason. They just just, just roll, roll up on you, like roll that. up just from behind. Like you don't even know what's happening. Just in and out, professionals in and out, take everything out of your pocket. But my buddy actually had a black eye, and I like, uh, had to get a couple of stitches. You're uh, lucky though, just lucky. Yeah, I know. That's and that's and, like, on the plane me. on the plane ride back. Like the guy next to me. Looked at my friend's eye and he's like, "Oh, were you in the area?" Like Lapa is like, "Oh, I saw somebody get shot there like yesterday." Jeez. Well, this is what I mean. Well, Brazil man, like, is actually a beautiful place. I highly recommend. <laughs> oh, it. for sure. <laughs> go home before like three a.m. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, Just go home like, at regular hours. Like, oh, this guy goes all the time, and he always invites me to go. And I'm like, every year, I'm like, maybe this is gonna be the Why year. Why not? Just. But his 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 reasoning makes no sense. Like, I'm gonna take him my, to places that I know and I, like that my yeah. family knows. I'm not going clubbing with him who the fuck knows you might get wild one night when you're drunk you do some <laughs> reckless shit sometimes. yeah but still though it's like it's like it, you're in, like a, like i say the, the city that my, my my family's from it's a hamilton or brazil it's industrial like there's not crazy stuff going on there's a couple of like dope bars and stuff but that's about it you know what's interesting this is gonna I'm, this is gonna win me <clears throat> no fans with the brazilians but at the same time everybody should know that i'm a supporter of the brazilians anywhere in brazil is just like sketchy and i feel like i feel like Brazilians as a whole have, I don't know what it is, I don't know why, but I feel like there's just less of a regard for human life. Nope. <laughs> people kill people in Brazil for literally nothing. You'll be like, yeah. hey, I have a bigger frog than you in my garden. What? They, bam, bam, they, bam, bam, gunshots. They do, gunshot. no, they do think, that in a lot of places. Well. No, I, I don't think it's that bad. I was there for 10 days. Like, people there are really nice, like, really... Especially towards each other, like I feel like Brazilians have like a lot of respect for other Brazilians. Let me yeah. let me let me explain. This is okay. <laughs> you say this. Let me tell you the two two stories that one of the first times I was considering going to. And he's shaking his head because he knows. <laughs> two the first two times I was considering going. First thing this guy ever told me is just like, yeah, man, if you come, just well, like one thing, like definitely don't wear any like branded stuff, like no, no like no can't. Nike, no brand stuff like that. that. that, that chain, chain, I know. Yeah. And then he's just like, he's I'll like, snatched in like an he's hour. like, yeah, if we're on the bus too, look. Some things that happen, but like see, you if, know, you understand. Yeah. Like, okay, relax. He's like, <laughs> it's not we're that. on the bus. He goes, if at any point, like sometimes kids will come up there on the back and put a knife to your back and tell you to leave your shoes on the bus and just get off. He's just like, if that it. happens, just do it. And that's I'm like, the, look, it's secret. fine. Just I'll do it. Do it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm like, all right, bet I'll do that. But the, the nonchalance in his voice is what scares me because it's like he says it like he just doesn't give a fuck, and that's terrifying. He's just like, yeah, people will put a knife to your back. It's fine. They're yeah. kids usually. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. If someone's putting a knife in my spine, <laughs> I'm gonna just, be a little worried about it. To be honest, it's just stories I've heard, but it's just it's just a way you have to move in certain countries, right? So it's like it's like their big thing there. Like Nike to them is like Gucci. I can wear Gucci flip flops, and they wouldn't fucking know. I wore a, I wore a pair right. of like Nike Air Maxes, and yeah. I was in a really nice area of town. Like I think like I'm not exaggerating. Like five people in like a two hour span asked to buy them off me. Yeah. Exactly, like to, to them, like Nikes are the shit, yeah. right? But I can wear you can wear Gucci loafers; they wouldn't even fucking look they at you, right? Blink. So it's yeah. like there's certain things that you know, like really watches, 
think, yeah. yeah that's exactly. interesting yeah i know but in the second story this guy just tells me that he's like oh yeah yeah because it's the worst one he goes well it's not that bad and like this is in the area that he's telling you is like so <laughs> safe and like the hamilton yeah. of of brazil this was sao paulo i think actually oh was it yeah oh, okay anyways he's like yeah well, i'm like do you know anything that's happened there like anybody that's had like some bad things or whatever because he's got a lot of family there yeah. and he's like nothing too bad no 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 Kay. my uncle you, one time like <laughs> it seems so much worse my uncle one time he's like my uncle one time like people broke in the house and then they took the family into different rooms tied them up and bound them and gagged them and they had them in the room and they were yeah. ransacking the house and stealing stuff and I like they were stories, okay i don't know if i would have thank you right you know what i mean like this guy's telling me that his uncle was tied up and held as a hostage in his own home Years while ago. his ch- his daughter or his son his daughter, two kids two kids. His two kids and his wife were and in another all, room okay yeah they're all good it's they're yeah it's a story yeah. you tell I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. ridiculous man. i'm just like yo this is not like this is just not a vibe and the reason why i laugh when you came in here and we were talking about it was like everybody i know that's ever been to brazil and i say this all the time the first reaction when you ask them was brazil safe they immediately go like this they're like yeah (laughs) and then they they stop and you can see the gears in their head just going they're thinking and that's no it's not (laughs) if you have to think about a place if it was safe or not it wasn't safe that's like when i go to like the bay area like oakland people are just like how'd you feel in oakland i'm like well it was yeah. Oakland. It was Oakland, yeah. Like, I'm like, you know what I mean? I've spent a lot of time there, so it's fine for me, but like, you know, like Long Beach and stuff. The literally what you just said, you spent a lot of time there, so it's fine for you. Exact same thing. Yeah, so like, like a gang, I know gang how to thing. move you show there. up, you're like, yo, Bay Area, where it at? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, it's just Brazil. That's what I mean. In, ba- in the Bay Area, they won't like kill you for just like stupid shit. Maybe they will. I don't know. The, I don't they know. won't do that in Brazil. But anyways, yeah, but how I was the Brazil, part? you just, you give them what they want for the most part. But you had a good time? Yeah. Other than that? Time, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, and again, you're, you're like a person that just went and you got jumped yeah. by like a group of <laughs> yeah. people. Like, yeah. the odds are, I'm sorry, man. Like, the, the odds are too high. I guess. The odds no, are too high. It was high. our fault, though, too, because it was, it was a group of six and uh, it's actually my yeah. buddy's fault. So uh, it was a group of six and uh, three of, like, we were all ready to go home, but my one buddy just still in the club. He's with a girl. Like, okay, we can't leave the guy by himself. The club, so we just all kind of like look at each other, and two of us yeah. were stuck staying behind waiting. So, legitimately, was about to hop in the Uber, didn't try to be a good friend, stayed back, tried to wait for him, got jumped. Damn, so. How, did you feel bad? <laughs> yeah, I did. how wild bad. is it too that Ubers take cash in Brazil? Mm-hmm. See what I mean? That. Brazil, I didn't man, see that. <laughs> you had an option of cash and credit. I'm like, the whole point of, of not taking cash is safety. Yeah, like, why are you? <laughs> My cousins are all like, no, no, but like, the you have to pay the driver, you can't just some people just go and then they leave. But I'm like, yo, you cash that's not, is that's so not dangerous. Uber, that's a cab, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Brazil. That's what I mean. Brazil, they just love taking chances yeah, on did. unnecessary well, the, shit. The first thing someone told me when I got there is like, whatever you do, don't take the cabs with the white license plate. So right away. Oh I'm really? Like, All right, yeah. I Interesting. Look for the one with the red license yeah. plate. Do you know why? No, I don't. But did they explain <laughs> like, to you why? Or not? They just, just said like, that. No, he said like there was like a couple of weeks ago, like um, a family from the U.S. where like they just like stopped in the middle of the highway. Took them out, robbed them. They're probably not not legit. They probably you yeah. probably have to red, red license yeah. plate is like legit like cab. You got your license, like all Wait, that shit, right? Nowhere is gonna be like fully safe. You can get jumped here. You gotta yeah. like go out, experience the world, and yeah, just exactly. try to be smart. You can't about be you it. can't be a, a shell of a human and stay inside and and stay in the dark. Brazil a shell of a human. <laughs> Brazil is a really fun place. No, right? I'm I'm really gonna really go. Really I'm gonna go place. now. It's it, it's funny because like I I want to go now. It's just like it was years ago, and yeah. I was just like, yeah, no. this is a long time ago. Yeah, this is years ago. I was just like, no, I'm absolutely not. Now I would actually, I'd probably go. Yeah. Especially now, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go especially run Brazil. Now, especially now, the flights are cheap because of the Rona. When you, uh, oh yeah, true. This is a good time to get in. Like, good time to get in the flight. Yeah, I don't exactly. know, man. <laughs> I was like, well, I, like, we were talking about this, but like Ryan just comes back from Cuba and he's, like, I, I don't hear from him. I'm like, how was the trip? He's like, good. I'm like, where you been? 
He's like, I don't know, man. Since I came home, I'm just like massively sick. Like, can't even say I have flu-like symptoms. I know. I know. And the best part about this was he wasn't even trying to like dumb it down. He's just like, yeah, I got like flu-like symptoms. I've had like a major fever. Never felt this sick in my life. I'm like, are you telling? Are you trying to will coronavirus in yourself? <laughs> it like, was a week after I got back, so like that was actually that's exactly the time that it happens. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I was so at, sketchy, uh, man. I was looking at tickets for the Euros, which are happening yeah, this yeah. summer, and it's like all over Europe. Yeah. All the tickets in Italy are like fully available. Really? Yeah, you can, can just you like even... legitimately just buy tickets for any of the games in Italy. Really? When, did, when did they start? Uh, June, middle June, of June, eh? like June 20th. Yo, that's 21st. like, I think we'll be fine by then. Yeah, right? So I was trying to yeah. make that what are tickets It'll, it'll like be right fine now. or it'll be the absolute worst. Honestly, not crazy. Like, you can find tickets to like a quarterfinal game for like 80 euros. A what? That's yeah. wild. That's insane. Yeah, it's a little bit cheaper because they expanded it too, right? So you have a lot less, uh, some, some teams are shittier and, and stuff. there's no so. uh, host nation. It's literally yeah. across all of Europe. Yeah. That's so they funny. That the perfect summer for that. I know. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, yeah, oh, we should do that. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I'm like, I'm like thinking, I'm like, yeah, because I hope I do. It's yeah, it's either gonna be really bad or, or yeah. completely fine. You're right. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, but that'd be still. I'll take the chance. Must be interesting for like businesses over there. Like, I was just trying to think about that. Like, I don't know how I'd be able to survive like as a company if you're in a country where you're like quarantined for like two, like in China, if you're just like on lockdown for how long it's been. Like, how do yeah. you make your payroll? How do you Nobody's pay your employees? Shit. How do you pay your rent? Like, those are like thoughts in my head like yeah. just i can't even imagine you have no money flow how does their economy well i like, think that goes back to like the, the like the on, online versus you know like storefront because i feel like a lot of these places i know like places are still shipping out of china i know they're trying to what was it the u.s that were trying to restrict or ban like certain products coming out of china yeah like we know. we do a lot of manufacturing in china we're actually doing a huge project uh for mcdonald's for mccappy day okay nice uh, which is a really cool day in may where they give all the proceeds back to the ronald mcdonald houses but like a lot of them are manufacturing in china and like trying to figure that out luckily it got here right before oh did it kind of like the craze hit uh but yeah it just must be tough so yeah. like with that being said like since you guys do deal with that is there anything right now where you're seeing kind of ramifications from this because of that like with your wholesalers or your your people that you're working with not not yet but i can see it like there's everything trickles down to your business like we were talking before uh we started about how the nba might shut their doors yeah the nba shuts their doors that's less people walking through you know the union station stores less people that might be wanting to purchase you know if it gets any worse maybe people are not you know, people are not really trying to online shop right now. So it's like little things that happen in the world. Hold on. Like I didn't obviously hear, about, I didn't hear about this. Wait, NBA shutting their doors on what? Today they came out. They're not doing they're, it. They're not doing might. it. Yeah, they're, think, they're seriously thinking about like might ha figuring something out, whether it's playing with no people in the stadium or just stopping. Wow. Because they're they're paranoid. But obviously, like the least important thing right now. Is yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, There's course, real life yeah. stuff at risk. But like it's just crazy like... I didn't even hear about that. That's how wild. life can like change so quick. So I can't even imagine like what people in Italy or businesses are like, how do you yeah. like get past that? How do you like weather that storm? And, and just like not, not, not only businesses, but like just yourself, imagine you being stuck in your house for two months. Yeah. You can't leave. There's certain, there's certain cities in China where you can't leave your house. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You my can't parents, go for food. My parents said they went to Costco and like, there's nothing left. That, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's, <laughs> that's already yeah. gone. So if the lockdown happens Y2K, now, Y2K all over again, like, <laughs> but Hey man, I can't, I'm not mad at like stocking up on some shit just in the event that that shit hits a fan. Like I was, I was like, I used to always judge by those like doomsday preppers and I was like watching it recently. And then I watched, uh, I listened to a podcast. I can't remember what it was, but somebody was talking about like yeah. why they do that. And I'm like, man, that's like, those are the people that are going to fucking survive. But those are yeah. also people like I can't even imagine. Like I have so many worries yeah. in my life. I also have to worry about the end of the oh, world. I, know. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't no, know exactly. Yeah, I, know, I know. But I mean, even for someone like this, because like the reality is, it's like I mean, actually, that's going to be so bleak. I don't want to talk about that. I was going <laughs> to say it's, it's, it doesn't take much for like a human to like if you don't have food or water, you're not going to survive for very long. 
And if something like, for example, if we got like completely isolated and and quarantined for say like, you know, a month, and you're kind of like alone and you don't ha- you can't leave your house and like say there's some crazy shit, you're fucked. That's the problem. Is is it's not only the can't can you leave your house thing because I would risk it and leave my house to go somewhere to get food instead of stocking up like a maniac. That's and, why you have coronavirus right now. No, but like I would <laughs> I would rather risk that because I know I know there's a chance like there's a good chance that I'll survive. I, I'll, I'll die by not eating first, right? Like if, I, if I'm quarantined in my house and it I can't fucking like leave. sounds like a Netflix movie. Yeah, I don't know. What, <laughs> what, like if I'm quarantined in my house and I'm like, fuck, I'm so hungry. I didn't stock up. I didn't stock up. I'm going to take that risk and go to the grocery store if it was still open. And but they, the problem food, is right? they don't have food. That's, that's the problem. Yes. Is that if, if every regular grocery store and every regular food place yeah. is just shut down completely, then it's, fucking movie? Movie. Yeah, then it's fucking a zombie movie. Yeah, then it's just a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah. I'm going to Costco. Right yeah, go to, yeah, yeah, let's go to Team Costco <laughs> right now. No, I know. Well, it's like, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm like, I'm partially sketched out about it, but it's just like, well, you are like talking to Ellie. Ellie's like, I, I, I don't know why, like, man, between Ellie working with people with coronavirus, Ryan having coronavirus, I don't know, this is a, this is a bad call on my, this is a bad idea. <laughs> I didn't, none of this information. I, yeah, I know, I'm so, I, you know, I'm so sorry, I know. I didn't, even, I didn't even have all this information up until today. This shit's wild, man. People are trying to get me. Um, but no, that's the problem, is that you're not going to have, you're not going to have shit in the grocery stores. Well, so if, it gets to that, yeah, if it gets to that point where, like, everything is closed, then it's, then people are fucked. Yeah, sure. shit. But, but you're more fucked because you don't have those supplies as opposed to because of the virus. Because you could get the virus and 90% chance you'll survive. Yeah, if you yeah, were to get yeah, the virus, right? it probably wouldn't harm you. It's just you don't want to exactly. pass it on to somebody. Yeah, well, I was watching a thing like right now, for, if you're like an average healthy person, you have a two, around a 2% chance. I wonder how many people dying. just think they have the flu and stay home and yeah. never well, get guy, tested that, and just go on with their life. That guy, <laughs> that guy that rode the TTC was basically, that was it. Because he just had a, he had a cough yeah. and he's like, I'm still going to take the TTC. Like That's how long would you have to have a cough for before you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. That's yeah. what I mean, right? Yeah, and like, being tested specifically for that. And even then, you're supposed to call in and be like, hey, like I'm... Would they send like a squad have, to come pick yeah, you up? Like, yeah. yeah. A white van just pulls up. <laughs> Hazmat suits on. You call an Uber? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard from Ryan again. <laughs> you call in the hospital and you end up calling an Uber and the Uber driver has it. Fucking. That's wild. But like in Toronto, have you, have you guys seen any form of blowback from this yet or no? In any capacity? Not yet, but... Again, like I think you'd only like as a business, you, if people are, you know, in, in times of stress and this and that, you're probably not that concerned about purchasing a T-shirt or this and that. Uh, so you might see some stuff there, but thankfully so far, nothing, nothing tangible that I've seen. That's decent. Okay. Yeah. And so right now, where like, take us through like your day to day as, because like, what, what is your official position at Peace Collective now? So uh, obviously, you're like yeah, I, have a, I have a made up position. Yeah, it's chief, like, I, I chief of peace. Chief That's of peace my, uh, position. All right. I like uh, but no, my day to day is a lot of uh, it's a lot about everything. But my main focuses on a day to day basis are usually product development, uh, marketing, and branding. Like those are the things that I'm constantly like thinking about how to do better, and then filled in the team with different people that are responsible for different areas. So now do you guys, do you, do you, how much input do you have working with like, like influencers and yeah. and, and celebrities and athletes and all the stuff like that? Like what is your kind of, um, what is your like positioning and role when you, when you guys do stuff like that? In terms of, do you, do you, are you the one that kind of usually bro- brokers that or? Um, yes and no. So like I have like a, a, a couple of people on my team that will help with like finding the right people, like, you know, reaching out, but I think in terms of like the decision, like a lot of my job now compared to before is kind of like trying to set the tone, like, okay, this is the direction we want to go in. Right. Even on the product development side, like there's times where I'm like, I'd probably be having way more fun if I just got to like sit down and just 
come up with my own ideas and this yeah. and that, but it's tough to find time to do that. Uh, so it's just trying to set processes and kind of set a direction. So again, like when it comes to like us and influencers, it's right now it's Canadians that are chasing their passion, doing what they love and are, are interested in giving back into the community. And it's like creating that profile of who's that ideal person. And then like, how do we go out and like find those people? And you guys have, you, you have an ambassador program, right? Is that, Correct, is that right? Yeah. yeah. How does the ambassador program work? Uh, so with the ambassador program, our goal is, okay, so for every ambassador, we want them to help raise 1,000 uh, school meals okay. uh, through like a unique code. So finding people in different areas that are in Canada, all across Canada, province to province that are, you know, showcasing the product, talking about how they're giving back to the community and showcasing the product to their network. Okay. Um, and now that being said, when finding an ambassador, do you feel... It's an interesting discussion. This is something we kind of talk about relatively frequently with this podcast, and especially a lot of guests we have come on. Yeah. Working with influencers and all this, like, how do you feel the influencer market has sort of shifted in the last few For years? Sure, do it's you a feel lot. do you feel like it's more beneficial now to your brand, or do you feel like it's less beneficial, or, or do you feel like it's kind of the same? How do you feel? About uh, it? No, it's changed a lot, uh, and this is something I think about a lot. To, to be honest, like I think there was a year or so, like when it really we kind of took a pause from it because it kind of got to a point where it was tough to tell like if what we're doing made sense and like obviously now like there's a lot of major players on instagram and on social networks like you know major players like i don't know like coca-cola whoever the giant companies of the world have these giant pr firms and are, and are paying out giant budgets and it's tougher for a smaller company to like compete right uh so i think it really for us We've tried the approach. We're like, oh, this person has like a shit ton of followers. We're gonna put the product on them, yada yada. And it just it it, it doesn't always work like that. And it yeah. rarely ever works. And sometimes I'll pay attention to stuff. Like I'll see so like rarely a, ever works though. You say it doesn't work. No, nah, it, it has to connect. It has to be the right audience. Sometimes I'll like I'll watch out for this stuff. Like I'll see like I don't know like a rapper. Or like Drake, for example, like I saw him, like he'd promote his own whiskey. What's the whiskey called? Um, Virginia Black. And then I, I'd open up like the Virginia Black Instagram. I'm like, okay, so Drake just posted about this. How many people are following this account? This is the biggest yeah. influencer yeah. in the world. Yeah. And like not that many. No. And like, it, like that's what I started looking at. Like, okay, if this guy is promoting his whiskey, he's posting about it all the time. No one's really going to connect. It's because people aren't going to Drake because they want to know what his favorite exactly. whiskey is. Like, also, I, the product. Sure, yeah, I, I bought it because like, I wanted to like, oh, yeah. Drake, I'm going yeah, to try Drake it out. Like, it. You know what I mean? But um, So I think for us, it's like it has to like connect. Like It has to really connect. And it, I think it's easier for some industries. Like uh, One industry where I think influencers are super easy is like the whole Gymshark like, workout mm -hmm. stuff because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I want to work out. Like, oh, here's these people. They know how to work out. They look amazing. They have fitness And the routine. physique is in the towel. The right? physique. Yeah. They're wearing the garment swimsuits is kind of like a similar thing so it's like it's so made for that industry so for us like f again like f it goes back to the why so it's finding canadians that are you know all about promoting being canadian promoting being from toronto their audience is very so we have different products for different regions we have a west coast line so if we're looking for an ambassador on the west coast line we need to make sure okay are their audience living in vancouver etc whatever city we're targeting and are they really about like are they an entrepreneur in that area are they really in, in, into that community are they really going to be influential to that community then yes okay this is the type of person we need to work with they could have a thousand followers, they could have a hundred thousand. It's like finding that exact mold, sure. and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work for a lot of brands. And like you need to put certain amounts of money in it, so it's it's different. So we we don't we we've kind of changed our approach to really just being about finding like the right type of people and like a lot less like more meaningful connections as opposed to like hey, do you want free product? You're gonna wear it here, take it. 
that like, makes a lot that, of sense. Yeah. Just th- that's the approach that like we have to take. There has to be a good, especially in today's day and age, like with with the digital world and just how like oversaturated it is. There has to be a good symbiosis between you and somebody that's you're you're partnering with on yeah. a brand level. You, gone are the days, and like it had its short time, but like you can't just reach out to people that have like massive numbers and be like, "Yo, where our shit?" Like yeah. people are gonna see through that. Like no one, it, if I'm following somebody that has like say a million followers, and I see them start wearing like a new line of clothing, I couldn't give less of a shit. Yeah. And I, I don't even know I who fuck with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just I don't maybe. Like sometimes I just see the like the I'm not gonna call out any like large companies or anything, but like you'll see something where somebody is promoting like a fast food restaurant and it's like, yeah. oh, like I'm gonna order from this food app or like I'm gonna do this and that and I'm like like L- large I just don't like, or, like so I'ma drink this drink or like I'm a like I, I it just doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Like I just try to think about it like myself and my friends. Like is anyone gonna be like, Oh, this person's eating this thing, I'm gonna go eat it too? Like I, I doubt that's really going to connect like that. But like those companies have a lot of money to spend. So they, that's what they yeah. throw in a lot of the time. It probably like, makes more sense than spending it on like a radio ad. So it's probably still like yeah, there is a return on investment. Like I'm yeah. not saying there's no return on investment. I'm thinking about it from like a small company where you might not have the resources. I think there's better ways to like go about it than like just trying to trying to like just buy influencers. But like, again, like it works really well for those industries I mentioned. It works really well for some people. So I think it's sometimes. just finding what works for you. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, like we, we, we both worked in advertising and it's... What do you guys think the future? I, I think that like, right, like to, much to your, yeah, like much to your point, like I think, I think you can't really get away with it that, that, that much anymore. And at the same time, I don't even think that it's working that well for those big brands because a lot of those big, I've seen this too, like internally, like sometimes you just have a budget and you're like, yo, we've got to do something with this budget. Like yeah. we got it. You know what I mean? And then you just throw it at like, they don't care. Hey, how this well guy's it works. got, you know, like, and it, cause it's an easy way. And now. now it's become so yeah. like the old school method of doing influencer marketing has now become the norm. Yeah. So you can easily justify to a brand or to a client, hey, we're spending $250,000 of your marketing budget on influencers and no longer are brands going, what? Why? It's it's become a part of the norm. So people are like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we've got, we've got, we have three influencers with a total reach of 4.1 it million. It's a, wow. it's a numbers game. Like, cause like, like you mentioned, it is better than, it's more, it's more efficient and better it's and, better than what they were doing ten years ago, yeah, so and all that. But it's still, it's even if it, the numbers are there, but it's not working. It no, it's not. Now there's, I don't know, TikTok's like a whole another beast. Oh, that's, that's a whole that's, other that's a never, that's, I'm, I'm trying never, to figure that out right now. Yo, we like had we had the TikTok there. people come into my agency oh, you told me about and this, did yeah. a lunch and learn, and it, I was like, whoa, I'm old. Like I, I'm legit old because they're they're like three points were. Yeah, I know. I know. Pat me on the shoulder because I'm old as shit. Uh, their three points were like, man, like they're really hype about getting people like social media famous. Like that was their number one thing that they said over and over throughout the whole thing was we want people to get social media famous and we want everyone to like experience visuals on your phone from top to bottom. Like we don't have anything on top. We don't have anything on the bottom. You see the whole video throughout the whole thing. And like you don't control your feed. Everything just like swipes by and we just feed you everything. Like yeah. the algorithm's amazing. I'm like, Yo, this is a complete disconnect to anything that I think is. But I think the tough part is, is it doesn't matter what me or you like want. That's that's the future, right? If you don't like try to figure it out or like see what's going on there, there's there's some cool things about it. Like you know, I don't think like you actually have to be like talented at something or funny or like it's just not going to work for you. Like you can't just yeah. I don't like I open it and like I think about like oh I don't know what you. So you think there's something else? Yeah, I think I think these things are all going to die out within probably the next. I think it's going to have a longer like a, a longer longevity than a lot of things in its past. But I think it's going to have like 
five within five to eight years is what I would give it. Yeah, that's because, my consensus. I don't think it's not going to last very because, long. Because but. like, look, we're even looking at like trends that have happened in the past with like influencers, right? Like when it came out, everyone was going for like those high volume influencers with like massive followings yeah. and numbers and shit like that. And that was the big thing. Then people started like brands and, and agencies started realizing like, okay, wait, that's not really that cost effective because some people have big numbers, but no one actually gives a shit what they're doing. And that was when people started shifting their attention from followers to engagement. Yeah. Then they were looking at engagement. They're like, oh, this guy has 100,000 followers, but he's getting less engagement than a guy with 20,000. So then they started working with those 20,000. Then there was all that thing of like core influence, right? It's like, like a term, like micro influence. Well, yeah, well, that, that and that's what like sprung that. But it was like core influence for a while where that was people who had, you know, not, they had big followings, but not like colossal followings, but their engagement and their community was so packed yeah. that everyone was just like, yo, these guys are like, you, you know, it's like, and, and people, for example, like, like our friend, Anna Bedionis, that's another one where like her numbers weren't like super high, but the community she had behind her, do you know, eight of the bed? Anna Bedionis? Uh No, I don't know. Her okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, so, I've seen her. I've seen her. Through yeah, social yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, but like, that was exactly what happened. And then she has like this like fan base that like rides for her. And that's she's when, genuine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then precisely, it's because they're they're genuine, right? And then that was what offsprung like micro influencers with like, yeah. Because now they're and now it's like now we're seeing that change where it was started out with like these colossal people. Now it's going down to smaller people, and they're like, okay, this guy may have only twelve hundred followers, but like he's getting 50, 40 comments on his posts and or his her posts, and people are talking about what is she wearing, what is she doing. And then you have that real sense of like an actual influencer. Yeah. Like, and again, you know, like you look at like Peace Collective and yourself, like in the community, Peace Collective is, is, is probably more valuable as an, as an influencing body in the city than 90% of the influencers in the city. Yeah. Uh, and just because you know, I, I you think guys, that's a cool thing about what we have too. It's like a very Toronto and, and more and more so Canadian uh, audience, which has allowed us to get a lot of the collaborations we, we have. Like I said, like it, it helps to have, like you said, a big following in a smaller community, like a niche yeah. community. Mm. And in the whole world, Canada is a fairly niche community. Uh, so it allows us like certain partnerships and certain cool opportunities um, when other companies are like, okay, we need to do something for our Canadian market. And then it's like, okay, we're one of the, like the first couple of names that will come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That has helped us a lot with everything that we're doing. And that must feel great for you guys, like starting something, you know what I mean? From ground up. Yeah, it does. We try to be conscious. Like, you know, we try not to do too much stuff that's like inauthentic or organic. Like we only do like, I think like collaborations like make sense for us and our audience and like projects that we're passionate about. Like we did, I don't know if you've seen it. Like we did this really cool project. Uh, how long has it been? Like about a year ago where we took a, uh, so we took a I make. Gonna, I was going to ask you about this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. So we took a make America great again. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, literally yeah, waiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we took it yeah. and then we like unstitched it and we made a hat that said, welcome to Canada. The promo video was fire. Right? Yeah. The video was, was awesome. insane. It was like featuring three immigrants that came from all around the world. There was uh, from all different aspects and all different lives. Some of them left the U.S. to come here in Canada and we made a toque that said, welcome to Canada. And that took all the profit from the toque went to an organization called Woodgreen that helps new immigrants get settled in Canada. And so that was like right up our alley again, like trying to be, trying to, it's obviously a charitable brand, but like how do you make it more like millennial, edgy, street? So like that's something that was like a that's really a clever fun idea. It was a really clever idea. I bought, I actually bought that too for nice. my cousin for Christmas yeah. and I showed her the promo video afterwards and she cried because she had just come in here. She had from just where? come from Brazil. Nice. Right. So just come from Brazil. So it like really resonated with her and I thought it was like the idea was dope when you guys first dropped it. I'm like, I'm going to grab yeah, one like, for sure. That's the type of video. Like it was an all positive reaction. Yeah. Like obviously there was, there was. This is the there's, Make America Great Hat, right? Yeah, like how was the people, blowback? What was like the blowback like for you guys on that? Honestly, the, the only blowback was like Instagram comments, of course, and, like, yeah, Twitter, yeah, of course, <laughs> and Twitter yeah, comments. Yeah. So it's like, 
But, but like at the end people, of the day, what, what were people saying about that negatively though? Like what what could they have really said about it? I, I think it's just what you want to like. For us, it was like about like giving back to a good cause and 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 like showcasing Canada a good light. But I guess for some people's, you know, I guess some people's take was like they don't agree that a Make America Great Again hat symbolizes hatred. I guess that they they're like. I guess like whatever everybody has their own beliefs like yeah. everybody has yeah, their sure. own opinions yeah. I'm not going to comment on that God. but I guess that's where kind of some of the blowback was but at the end of the day you have to like try to like say what you believe in and like what you're passionate about and it's not going to connect with everybody and that's yeah. fine too yeah that's cool. how, how involved are you in the creative process uh, so with the we were really involved with the product side and coming up with the concepts and the video and everything the actual shooting of the video we worked with an agency that helped us put it together so in terms of like the day-to-day and like the orchestrating the video side of things, that was more the agency we worked with. What about like in general with with the whole brand? Like how are you personally involved with the, with the creative process? Oh, myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I, a lot like my day-to-day is like how do we come up with new products and like how do we try to push the envelope with new campaigns? So I do a lot of the marketing, product development, and branding. That's my day-to-day with the company. So I'd say I'm fairly, like I'm pretty involved. And I was saying earlier, I don't necessarily get a chance to sit down and like, you know, do the, do the dirty work like actually yeah, make yeah. the designs and this and that yeah, now my job is more kind of setting the direction and i miss doing that stuff sometimes but it's just part of what you have to do when you grow yeah of course yeah of course i can imagine it's hard to like shift back and forth do you feel was that was that an easy or neutral or hard thing for you when you had to kind of take extremely extremely hard because, <laughs> uh, again like i don't have that background it's not something that came natural to me like i've never been in a position where like i had to be somebody's manager or tell somebody what to do or like try to coach people so it didn't come easy for me and like I was always the kind of mentality I'm just gonna go out and do it so it's like I wasn't the greatest at the beginning of like delegating because I just wanted to do it myself <laughs> I just you know that's just how I operate yeah so it was like a long learning process that I'm still trying to get better at now is how to, and I just try to like think about times where I've been coached in a positive way or I had a positive experience at work and like what were the, what was my manager doing then and like how can I try to do more of that so I don't think I'm a polished finished product at all and I just try to get better every month do you feel it's it's easier for you now or how how are you with this when like you had to kind of take a step back from sort of certain getting you're obviously a very hands-on person so yeah. like how have you or I, i'm sure you've had to so like when you realize you had to kind of step back from getting your hands dirty and doing all the stuff yourself and delegating that was that hard for you to do to step back and kind of take more of a leadership role rather than being there like boots on the ground like yo let me do all this kind of stuff and you yeah, know with your true. hands or whatever was it hard for you it was very hard. Like it was not, it's not like a skill that comes like natural to me. So it was like something I really had to work on. And it's, I still kind of like, like I still try to do like, a, like, a, like those times where like the Raptors won and it was crazy. And like, I actually had to ship out orders. Like it's a yeah, fun, it was course, so fun yeah, for yeah. me. Like I, I had a blast doing it. And, it. and so I try to do stuff like that every once in a while, like actually, you know, get involved and, you know, sometimes I take like product down to the stores from our warehouse and just try to do all like the little things. Uh, but I also realized that when I do too much of that stuff, I'm like, it's to the detriment of the future of the company. So I had to like yeah. realize once I realized that, like, OK, you're actually causing harm. Why do you think you're causing harm? Because then I'm not focusing on the things that I have to focus the overhead. on. The overhead and like the strategy and like the long term planning and just the stuff that somebody has to constantly be thinking about. Like you have to the saying is you got to at a certain point you start working on your business, not in your business. Right. That's yeah. a good. That's a good point. Yeah. Managing and learning to to delegate tasks to, to people is one of the most like underrated skills. And it's it's not have. easy. It's, it's hard. Not, it's, it's not like, easy at all. And to do it the right way, I like the word you use, coaching, because coaching is something you learn in in restaurant management. It's 
it's it's a way to get the best out of your employees, the best out of the people you're working with, but doing yeah. it the right way. And because and it, it's all about doing it the right way, because you can exactly. try to deliver the same message, but if you don't do it in the right way, and like you'll completely lose that person. And you know, managing people is tough. Like everybody has their own set of circumstances, like family life, like emotions, yep. reasons why they get personalities, exactly. personalities, yeah. and unmotivated. Yeah. Uh, so I, again, I tie a lot of things back to sports. So I actually like to read uh, books and stuff by like coaches. Nice. Cause like, I yeah. just try to think of things in terms of like, okay, I'm a coach. Like this is my team. Like how do I get my team to operate? Right. Like, high right, efficiency right. or like, how do you yeah. build a championship team? And it's like very similar like principles. You read uh, I'm, I'm assuming you read shoe dog. Yeah, I have read yeah, shoe dog. Good. Yeah, There's a I good have. book on, uh, I'm, trying, I'm, sure, I'm just trying to think of the name of it, but it's, uh, it's about Vince Lombardi about, um, like green Bay Packers head coach. Yeah, back I, in the day. I, I think I have that downloaded. I it pro- yeah. It's, it. it's a great book, man. It's, I can't, I'm, I'm bummed that I can't think of it right now, but, uh, it was my dad's like favorite book. And then he, he told me, he's just like, you should read this. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot about that. And it's interesting. It's a good, that's a good way of looking at running a team or managing a team or something yeah. like that is, is looking at it literally like a sports team. Um, because again, like coaching, I think that's like one of the things in sports why we, a lot of us love sports so much is that it's such an aggressive and like, you know, just like rage filled thing a lot of the times, but then there's this massive sense of camaraderie. It's, it's sort of like, 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 like the military almost, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you guys, the, the, the highs and lows you experience as a yeah. team, like there's frustration, there's inner frustration, there's inner this, but then a lot of the times you'll see guys like, yo, like people who may not get along on a team, but then one guy from another team fucks with that guy. is just like, yo, I'll kill you. Yeah. And you're like, yo, these guys aren't even boys, but like, yeah. you know, and I think that's the whole camaraderie aspect of sports. And it's interesting to see that being transitioned sort of into business. And I'm wondering, like, I wonder if that's, a newer thing sort of with our generation, maybe even the generation before us. But like, I wonder if people back in the day used to start businesses being like, I'm going to, I'm going to come at this in the (laughs) sense of like, you know, with like a military background or like a coaching sports background. It'd be interesting on like, no, because I feel like that would be such a good recipe. I think there's always, there's always just new techniques and new things being, being, you know, people that are like trailblazing and doing things (laughs) a certain way. Um, So the sports thing is probably recent, but it's a, it's a, it's an amazing point. Cause like you think of like, coaching a guy like Zlatan who just like wants to, he's yeah. really, really good at what he does, <laughs> yeah. but he's a dick yeah. and like, he doesn't want to play for a team and, and doesn't can care. probably have one of those people. On exactly. hundred yeah. percent. And, and if you put him with certain people, that, uh, certain other people that maybe aren't as competitive and maybe just kind of just come in and put their head down and do your work, you have a fucking amazing shift. You have like an amazing three or four people, but he, Zlatan might not work very well with, other people, yeah. right? So it's just like that's Slotan why like, and Ronaldo on the same team would be a nightmare. Hundred percent, like they would bite each other's faces mm-hmm. off, right? On the same team. Um, but that's why it's so like it's so underrated being a good coach and being a good manager and being a good yeah. Like, I think leaders. especially like American football too is like oh hundred percent. Like you have like yeah. an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. How many players? Like fifty-two players on a roster, yeah. and like, you got to manage every single person's like like ego and this and that, and making sure they're all operating as a team and. That's why I think like a lot of football coaches write really good like books and stuff like that on coaching. That makes sense. They're also like the smartest people in the world. Out of they all don't coaches, sleep. Like they out of all coaches, oh, yeah. I think in every sport, I think that NFL coaches yeah. are like the smartest out of all of them by far. One hundred percent. It's just yeah. so many moving pieces. Yeah. So many moving pieces, yeah. right? It's like it's just like overwhelming. That's why, like you said, like they they have to have so many inner coaches within the team, right? But then yeah. that head coach oversees all. It's crazy. It's like I love those sports documentaries, like. Uh, like HBO Hard Knocks started with like yeah, that, but like those training lot, camps. I watch as much like the thing does really good ones. Amazon, Amazon Prime. Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say the Manchester those? City one is yeah. incredible. So man. good, man. So good. Incredible. All or nothing. Yeah. Um, there's I just watched one on um, shit. Who was that about? Um, fuck, it's gonna bother me. Uh, Ellie, clean. Look that up. All or nothing. Um, is just do Eagles? all or nothing is seasons. It, the Eagles. 
No, it wasn't a football one. I watched the one with Cam Newton though, like with the Panthers, yeah. which was great. But it was another. It was There's another one on Brazil that just came soccer. out. Soccer. Oh, it's in really? Spanish, so I did not. Uh, no subtitles. Like not always, no. But it literally just oh, came out. Oh, there is like a Brazil one on, like two, on Amazon, weeks ago right? On Amazon, yeah. But is it on for us though? Do we get it too? Yeah. Or it's just on, a, oh shit. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Interesting. There, there were so many good ones, man. On uh, on Hulu back in the day, there was this one called Phenom. Remember, I made you watch mm -hmm. a couple episodes, yeah. which were amazing, leading up to uh, one of the which Gabriel World Cup was that? Uh, the World Cup in Brazil, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen, fourteen. Uh, it was amazing, man. But um, it's called Phenoms. But um, there was yeah, there's what like Sunderland till I die is amazing. That was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. a there's a man. There's a I love that. Show That's another thing like, I love about football. Like I like just like I can't imagine that being here. Like imagine being a fan of a team in like a third division big. sport. And, oh, like, it's Leeds United. I just remembered it's Leeds United. Leeds United. Leads, uh, uh, yes, yes, that's, that came out recently. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. good. I was like, yo, make yeah. more seasons. Um, but yeah, like the Sunderland one, I, you watch that, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, I, I just so badly, this is where I'm like, man, I just, I'm, you know, I'm a fiend for content. Yeah. But I'm like, Sunderland until I die, like, why was there not a follow up season to see, like, yeah, where they're I, at? I honestly Google them, like, once a month. I watch like, them. Where, man. where is like, Sunderland, like, in the. In the I, I, like, whenever I see Sunderland game on, I'm like, yes, yes, you're right. I think they got further relegated. Yeah, they did. They did, right? Fuck. Dad, how do you get, you guys get a Netflix special and you just relegate yeah. it further? I can't imagine you know? that in sports here. Imagine you're just like, all right, sorry, like next year you're playing in like a, in in a D League, league or something. Yeah, yeah no, North America wild. does. But how much like better would the NBA be if you like the worst teams were in the D League? Like no one was yeah. tanking. Yeah. Man, like, I'm telling you though, honestly, I actually think that, like, I didn't, because again, I was never like a huge football fan, especially, uh, yo, it's Sunderland until I die season two, everything we know. Oh, is there going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. This is like a hot debate in MLS circles, by the way. Pro rel, pro uh, relegation, relegation, I, and, and, and I'm telling they, you, man. Would they create a second league, or they work with some of the other? Well, leagues? it's just a debate that's going on, and then like every, all the pundits and like all the media guys are talking about like, would it be beneficial to have a second league? Because there's USL, there are leagues underneath, there's but the, they, they're there's not the connected. Canadian one, right? Not like too. Really cool. Exactly. Yeah, so CPL. there's like there's like a there's a possibility to be connected, right? But is that going to help the growth of the game? Like MLS is very about growing the game in North America and less so about just being the well, best league. What they did the last year, I feel like they Americanized the playoffs. They turned it into like a one, one game, game instead of two. Yeah. yeah well, it, they, they tr it's, it's weather, man. They tried to compress it. So the finals not in fucking December, yeah, December yeah. 10th. It's in November instead. Right. So that was like a big talk and, and the international breaks too. Yeah. Cause yeah, the international breaks in the middle of the playoffs. So imagine like I just don't understand like a, like like I understand then like NFL it makes sense but like I don't understand why they didn't like make stadiums and arenas there that were like enclosed for MLS like I I, I get it they didn't have the, the money in the, at the time no but it's like, not even that it's, it's, just, it's just like the soccer culture of yeah it. the outdoors. culture of the game there's no like, yeah I get it stadiums. but at the same are there time any it's just like stadiums we live in, in a different oh in in Europe I can uh, not that I know of I'm sure a bunch of like the newer cooler stadiums probably can close probably yeah, I don't I'm think I've sure, ever I don't think that happens no, it just doesn't happen soccer and like mm. a big a big thing um for the MLS so, like about 10 years ago was soccer specific soccer, soccer specific like when when TFC started it had to be soccer specific BMO right like that's that right. was important because they they were sick of the fucking football lines and they were sick of like sharing stadiums yeah and that's all true that shit, right yeah so you can't be a league and like just borrow a stadium yeah i remember right. i watched the tottenham game this year where like the lines were still yeah. there from the nfl london game yeah. it was terrible yeah. that's insane so <laughs> I, i'm telling you though man i think the relegation like i think that that would actually make a big difference in mls and i think that would actually grow like soccer in north could, america yeah. because when you look about it it's just a more people playing and then more opportunity and then you have the chance for those like smaller teams to actually say like oh we're we're fighting for something that could actually do like yeah. a lot to us right and it's like you put you put you're gonna put the money in that you think you or you're yeah. gonna put as much money in that you think you may be able to get back the problem is the rules are like so interesting in the mls when it comes to signing players that it'd be tough to translate down to the usl but they could change that and man there's been literally there's been three out of the last four expansion teams three of them have come from the usl and mm -hmm. they've worked out 
fabulously. They had 56,000 people at Nashville's home opener. You know what's crazy? Uh, so the Canadian Premier League, yeah. the Ottawa franchise. Atleti Ottawa. Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Bought a franchise in Ottawa. Like That's Atleti, so like the third, ridiculous. Third or fourth man. biggest T- team TFC, in Spanish uh, player that used to play on TFC as a coach, Mista. That's like yeah. insane. Like, well, I, I don't know. Like in Spain, in Madrid, they got yeah. together and said, we're going to buy a franchise in Ottawa. Because it, no- it costs nothing to them. That's and why. And what are they using it as like a but development it's like a fast, team? It's a fast growing sport. No, it's just a, just a completely different franchise. Like Manchester City owns New York City FC. Yeah. 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 But here's the thing though. Like they, there, there's, there's shit that can happen between those two teams. Like if, if a player were to go from, from NYFC yeah. to Man City, it'd be a different financial, like it would I cost them less, Pep, right? Pep has something in his agreement where he's allowed, he's, he, he can go he can coach. coach. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're connected like yeah. they're connected in a way and it costs them nothing the team probably cost them the price of a player that they were to if yeah. they were to sign a player yeah you're probably right it cost them nothing right? <laughs> that's true yeah like they're <laughs> like oh we'll sell for 50 mil 100 percent. these cpl players are making nothing right yeah. so it's and they're banking on the future of canadian soccer which is hopeful yeah interesting if you it's, it's cool if you, it's get, another... if you can get sponsorship or uh or uh sorry a, a license be for any 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 professional football team what would it be like like which like uh like like soccer soccer like any team yeah would it be Liverpool probably yeah Maybe it would Red. be the Premier League in general that's probably yeah. the biggest yeah of course the biggest league yeah yeah Premier League home is Anfield <laughs> <laughs> I still have to go there I haven't been yeah I'm telling you is I, that, I haven't been to any other than in Brazil like yeah, I've been to a Madrid game that's nice. pretty much it yeah I want to go to Europe is that something that's in the card for you guys that you would like to get to like doing something on that scale. Um, or, not, or are you just to be honest, not, no, not necessarily. Like I think we, we like on the NBA side, we actually do uh, six teams. So yeah. we do like we have Lakers gear, we have Clippers gear. We do do the other teams, and that is an area that's growing. Uh, so we're gonna. I think the U.S. and providing more products in terms of like sports licensing, in the U.S. would be first before we looked at Europe. That's like yeah. down down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that's actually growing for us too is esports. We've been doing a couple really? of uh, like apparel on the esports side. That's like a really fast growing. Yeah, esports is gonna pop off soon. Yeah, it's like already a popped new off. Toronto Call yeah. of Duty team, so we did some stuff for them. <laughs> nice. That's so interesting. How do you how do you feel about that whole like industry as a whole? I don't understand it at all. Okay, like, that's where I really feel. Page, yeah. Like TikTok, yeah. I can kind of get behind. Like the esports, just the the weirdest thing is like the, like like who makes Call of Duty? Like Activision, like yeah. the company. They yeah. they've gone from like I make a game once a year. So they view themselves no different than the NBA does. So yeah. Like, yeah. These companies, Seasons. like they've they've hired like top executives on the licensing side from like the NBA, from the NHL. Like I can't imagine the amount of money they're making. Like you go from selling a game once a year to eighty dollars to then you start selling all this downloadable content and like fake money and it's not only that, yeah. the tournaments that they run, like the tournaments, FIFA tournaments and, and like insane. all that shit is insane. I it's, thought I was like pretty good at FIFA, but then no. I see these like these they, they, Oh no, it's, yeah. It's actually professional, like, yeah. gaming. Like, I see some of these kids on, like, Instagram. Like, I, I don't know what button they're pressing. MLS, every MLS <laughs> team has a professional e-gamer. There's, there's, there's an MLS uh, FIFA tournament championship every year, and every MLS team has a person signed yeah. as a FIFA player. That's a, it's been it's been no same with yeah. uh, same with MLSC. Phil, the, our guy, MLSC our guy is Phil something. Team. Yeah, our guy's name's Phil something. Mike LaBelle is a guy from Red Bull and why Red, uh, uh, Red Bulls or whatever, and he's really good. He's won the past couple of years. Yeah, yo, that's it's insane. It's been like this for like three years. It's been like that for three years. Yeah, EA earned one billion in microtransactions yeah. last year. A billion dollars. That's not that's not only esports, but that's honestly, all, I, that's I, I honestly yeah, feel like that that shit's gonna be illegal one day. It's crazy. Like the 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 like the people are getting like I actually read an article that I don't remember what country. I think it might have been France that's suing EA Sports 
because really? they're fucking the, the, those coins are so addictive that that like, would be France. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like I might have like, dropped people, a couple. Like, I might have dropped not, like, 30, like, 40 not bucks. paying their rent. Like people yeah. are not yeah. paying their rent to play FIFA. I've never because like, you want to open yeah. the packs, right? The ultimate yeah. team. You want to open the packs. See, I would never. So the whole thing is the whole thing is like technically speaking, is pretty much gambling. Yeah, they're selling gambling to kids. Like they're making kids open these packs. Hoping they get like whatever ninety nine rated and, player. But here's the thing though, like the way the way they fight it is they have the percentages and the odds there, so you can yeah. click on it and see. And the odds are terrible. The crazy points like point one yeah. to get messy or some shit. The craziest like, is uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, fuck, what's the name of that game? Uh, Grand Theft Auto. GTA Online. GTA. You yeah. can. There's a casino. You yeah. Can oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, take yeah. your real money into fake money and yeah. then win more fake money, and then you can't bring it back to real money. <laughs> <laughs> yo fucking rock the world's star. insane yeah rockstar is just like ah yeah yo that's insane I, i'm in the I'm wrong i'm telling industry. you man i know as i started i see shit man it's like the kid that won what like 16 million dollars playing fortnite yeah. bro ninja oh no not oh, him like a, like a like a 16 year old yes, kid yes, yes. sorry sorry he won like four million dollars yeah. he was like six three million yeah. he was 16 yeah. um fucking insane yeah. like what do you do with that like you know what i mean like it, the only time know. 16 year olds were making that kind of money in like our generation is if you were Justin Bieber or somebody yeah, like, like that. The top, or the top paid YouTube person, I think, is like a four-year-old that opens toys. Oh, yeah. Like, that oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how right. are you four years old and you've made more money than your parents ever will? Yeah, and his and parents like, are just like, yeah, yeah, we're keeping it from a bank account or whatever. Meanwhile, they're just like driving like Bentleys and shit. Yeah, they're course, like, yeah, yeah, yo. Yeah. I guess like the positive from all this is like we live in a time where if you love something, just like just fucking do it. Do yeah, it. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of good in in like this it's just it's just so crazy it's like a it's like a simulation it's a yeah. trip to think about but yeah to your point like it's such a good time that if you are passionate about something and you really want to do something there's no excuse there's no excuse yeah. there's no yeah. stopping you and you can try hard and like yeah i know like a lot of people like i'm sure you got the two i'm sure you get a lot of people like hitting you up being like yo how can i like like people aspiring to be in like the fashion industry or like starting their own apparel brand hitting you up being like how do i do it like how do you yeah. do that you know like we get that all the time and it's it's just like man like you gotta just gotta like hustle like that's there's no like short answer it's just and honestly hustle. like there's not like i feel like a lot of people say they want to do whatever but they don't really want to like no. there's not a lot of people that like people say i actually don't think there's that many people that try to do something and like really really fail at it like if you really want to do something and you actually put in the hours like i'm talking about like five six seven hours a day and you actually do it you're gonna reach some level of success over some sort of, like over time like you're gonna make it there's just a lot of people that are like, oh, I really want to do this, but like spend an hour a week. I completely thinking, agree with you. Kind of thinking about doing it, but like never actually, they never actually wanted to do it bad enough where they're going to spend four or five hours a day on it. Before you like incorporated and started Peace Collective, how yeah. many hours would you say even before that did you put into that brand and like the, the concept and just coming up and being like, yo, I want to sell apparel? Like honestly, from like university, like to, to I graduated to my first year working, like I'd probably say like three, four years of like, it's probably on nothing. It probably didn't really go anywhere, but like two, three hours a day, just yeah. like trying to read business books on this and that, like how to make a logo, like what makes a good logo. Yeah. Like it was legitimately like three, four years while I was just going through university, getting mm -hmm. my degree, deciding what I want to do in my life. And it's just kind of like this thing on the side. And it, it was literally like four years of that, of just like trying to do something before. But you definitely put in your 10,000 hours before yeah. you guys even. That's, yeah. And that's I don't what know, I mean. Yeah, like in, in terms of like the planning and there wasn't a lot of plan. It's not like I had this grand scheme. No, no, no. It's just yeah, like I kind of want to do this. I'm going to kind of nibble at it. That's why I said I wish I started way earlier because it, it all really meant nothing until I made a shirt and I gave it to a couple people to wear. But still, I mean, all that stuff prior was watering prior, the seed, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's That's what it is at the end of the day. Like even with even with our podcast, like we've had the podcast. We've How had the idea had for, well, technically speaking, we just like celebrated our, thir our third year. However... <laughs> we've done 20 this is our 22nd episode how often and do you do an episode 
that, that was the thing for the first like two years we we were so infrequent we would do like one every like few well, months first, first year we did a bunch just to practice the yeah. whole first year we, had, and we never released nice yeah. Yeah. not not the space but we had yeah. like the stuff a lot of the stuff a not of the we've stuff. upgraded some stuff but so yeah, what do you, a lot why of do the you stuff. think it took you so long to start because we wanted to get it perfection. right man and it was like perfection yeah. and that was like like again and I, I take the right but do you feel like all the time you spent planning it was less important than the two three you did where it went completely wrong no like it did it turn out Nick you just kept practicing and then you got better at it like do you think that was faster than like planning how to do it perfectly yeah I think I think something like like a podcast I think you have to do yeah and then figure it out yeah. do edit see what it sounds mm-hmm. like and then figure it out that's the only way you're gonna know yeah you can me, plan it forever 100 percent. me and Tristan are very big on quality of things right like mm-hmm. if there's any podcast at all and someone is on a phone yeah. I delete it turn it off and delete mm-hmm. it I'm so not tell right away I'm not listening to anybody interviewing anybody through a phone I'm not listening to anybody through through an iPhone like or bad I'm, audio or bad anything, audio like yeah. just whatever it is like I can tell instantly and like it's not happening. So we made a point to be like, hey, fuck this iPhone shitty yeah. quality stuff. Like let's get good mics, let's get good stands, get a good mixer, get it like and that, we practiced and made sure that it sounded yeah. perfect and then we did it. But that probably yeah. let you like cut through a lot of the competition because I feel like a lot of people starting off will use whatever they have. You're absolutely like, right. I've like, been on like a couple of 100%. podcasts that are a larger scale than, than this, even and they're yep. still it was just through Skype or a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like we we have like we have that opportunity, and that was something that like there were times in the beginning where I'm like, oh man, we could because we could get so many people, yeah. like so many people on that I know on sure. the phone, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just through like personal contacts and stuff. Yeah. And it, it's so, I'll be honest, like it's very, it's very tempting not to, or yeah. it's very tempting to I do mean, it. That being said though, there's, there has been technological advancements that make things easier. Yeah. However, like there, it's still, it's, it's, it's tough to, for, for, for that to actually happens yet. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean. Like it's still very, very hard to do it, but you know, what you were saying was just like, yeah, I, I definitely think that it was worth it to do all of that shit to, to, to yep. sit there and spend those like hours and hours and hours recording episodes just for ourselves, ourselves and with like a couple of close friends that we never released yep. that we will one day. Cause you guys at the end of the day enjoyed it, right? Or else of if, course. You, didn't, if you didn't enjoy it and you just kind of like, Oh, I'd like to do a podcast. And, and we were building too. We were building, you would like never spend the time. Structure. To we were like building the structure. We were building, you know, how things were going to flow, like the actual, like, you know, the whole idea of it, the same way that you might've been like messing around with the logo and changing this and, you know, changing certain, certain designs. Like we were messing around with it. That was our way of like workshopping it essentially. Right. And, and getting a perfect product. And then we released our first one to just me and you. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so nervous about it. I know. So nervous about (laughs) it. I was like, you're in. So funny. I still can't listen to that one episode back. I'll listen to all of them. I can't. You guys still, do you still get like anxiety or not anxiety? Like, do you still like think, Oh, I wonder how this episode, cause that's something like I still kind of, every single time we drop a collection, I still get that feeling like oh we're not gonna sell a single one or like yeah, gonna, I, yeah, yeah I think so I mean? yeah like, I'm, I'm really bad at that like I just always think of sometimes like I'm not gonna sell anything like, like, it's, it's just the way I work like I, I try to like perfect something or do as much as I can but I, whenever yeah. we put it out I'm like okay this is gonna go terribly wrong and then I'm like oh it's, it's going pretty well it's going good or whatever we've kind but, of we've had we've had like our listeners kind of like check us because we thought there's a lot of podcasts that we thought that like, oh, this one's going to pop off. Yeah. Or like, oh, this one might not be as good as the other one for whatever reason. And we've been like surprised. Yeah. It's like the numbers have come in so differently for, so for what, what we actually That's thought. why you have to actually do something. You, you can exactly. plan for so long, but you just got to do it, see what works, what doesn't work, and just continue what to resonates with people and, and, then, and get yeah. better at it. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely get that still. Like, yeah. I, you know, I do get it. definitely not as much as I used to. I used to be like, Ryan, remember, yeah. oh, I feel so bad for Ryan having to deal with me at those times. Because <laughs> no, I'm well, just like, that's how I am. Like, I'm just so neurotic to the point when yeah, I'm, I'm like passionate way. about I'm, something, right? Yeah. I'm and you terrible. get it. Like, yeah. you know the vibe. Like, when, when you're passionate about something and you want to do something, you just want to make it as good as humanly possible. I don't care, like, what it's going to do for me as far as like ROI. I don't care what it's going to do in the sense of like, you 
you know, making us like known or, or whatever the case may be. I just want to like, like with the podcast, we, we, we had the very simple idea of just like, yo, we want to bring on people that like are industry leaders in this community that we're fortunate enough to like know and, and have contact with a lot of the time through our own like hard work and shit. But yeah. We want to bring those people on and let them share their stories to, to the community and for the people in the community to hear these stories and be like, yo, these guys did it. We could do something too. Like, I, I feel like that was a lot. And, and again, like growing up. And they're cool stories. They're interesting stories too. It's not just like, like, oh yeah, I went to school. I did this. But like, no, everyone has done something so, so different and so rogue. Like yeah. it's just, it's just how things are nowadays. Well, that's right? what I mean. Right. And like growing up, like I was always wanting to do something, but it was hard to like make that happen. And I had so many people, I had more people, way more people telling me I couldn't do something than yeah. more than people telling me I could. Yeah. And like, I don't know about you, but you know, I feel like that's something that was like inherent with our generation is people are like, Oh, you know, like you guys should take the secure route, like be yeah, something in, like with like a like doctor family, or what or lawyer. Family, family and parents. We're, we're, we're at that like, generation that it's kind of like, we still had our parents are still tell, telling us to do the safe yes, route. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy if you do this, it's yeah. crazy if you do that. But now, did you guys, now it's different. Did you guys both go to university. Like, do you think you would, tell I didn't, you, do you think you would tell your kid, Oh, you have to go to university. Never. I went to, to college for TV broadcasting. It was good. It was informative, but I also went like before HGTV was a thing. Yeah. So everything I learned, ninety percent of what I learned is just irrelevant at yeah, the moment. Like I just feel like so. like obviously I think there's importance and there could be importance in going to school where you learn structure, like yeah. I was pretty stupid when I was that age, so if I was out of the real world, too. I probably would be. Well, yeah, that's we talked about some this harm to myself on the podcast. I would uh, but never, like, never force my kid to go yeah. straight out of high school. No, like never. Like I don't think I don't think you're old enough straight out of high school to be prepared to deal with the rest of your life. No, you I don't even think you're, well, I don't even I, think you're, you're prepared to work at McDonald's straight after high school. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just feel yeah, like, I don't pretty, know, and uh, I, I talk about this a lot. I'm like, man, I really think that there needs to be reform in the sense of like, it's insane that we, we basically make kids that are 16 years old at that time, focus on either if you like focus on girls and boys and swearing, trying, you know, drinking everywhere. for the first time, trying, yeah, hormones are running <laughs> rampant. Yeah, yeah. You just care about, you know, you just care about like your own little like life in your circle. I think it's absolutely obscene to give people like that, like 16 year olds, you have to put them in a position where you're like, yo, while you're doing all this stuff and you're running around rambunctiously, also make decisions this year that are going to affect the rest of your life. Exactly. It's just, that, that was ultimately why I didn't go to school. $60,000 later. Like yeah, all so the, much. Because like, I was going to go to school for paramedicine. So it's like, yeah. we have a lot of like that, that kind of, you know, like that was what I was going to go to school for. And then I'm just like, I'm never going to, like, I just had this realization when I'm like, that's never gonna work for me. Yeah. I'm like, that's never gonna work. Like, there's well, no way. That's good that you recognize that. Yeah, and I just, and that was, and, and for, I was, I'm in a unique position because like my, my parents, neither of my parents went to like university. Um, and you know, my dad's a creative director, um, a former like a, like agent, agency principal and stuff. So he's in the same industry and he freelanced for a majority of his like life in his career. And so like he can understand the hustle, but even my dad was like, yo, you should get like a job. You should do something. <laughs> and it was, it was weird for me. Cause I'm like, yo, you didn't Yeah, like you hustled and then just like you like made shit. Yeah. And then so, you know, I, I think that that's kind of a inherent, a unique thing to our generation where we're on that cusp where some parents are like, yeah, chase your dreams and do your thing. But like also make sure you got stability. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's it's hard, man. Like that was ultimately why I decided not to go to university. I'm like, I'd rather, I, I, and I struggled for years like yeah. in that period. But like, I'm like, I'd rather find out what I want to do on my own time than force myself into a career path that I'm really not passionate about. I don't know what I'm doing. And then spend years and years in school and put myself into debt. And come out of there being like, I'm never going to do something in X industry. Yeah, You know what I mean? And for me, that was ultimately what I was just like, I'd rather take that time off and find myself and learn yeah. that. And I think a lot of people should do that. And I, I just feel like that decision to go to university should be a little bit later on in people's lives, yeah. not not 16 it, or 17. In hindsight, it's amazing. Like I feel like 
uh, you should definitely, the, our, the education system fails us in setting us up for life. It just yeah. kind of like forces us into school and education already before like having a conversation like that. Like, hey, you know, if you do do university now, you're going to be in debt for a long time. And like, like when you get out of university, and... like your job, you're going to have a job that pays you maybe 30, 40, maybe 50K. Like, and you're going to have to pay monthly payments of this and that. Like, you don't even think of that when you're signing up in fucking high school to go to college. No. Yeah. Uh, university, right? Like, are, are we... Our, not, I don't know if it goes to the point of like our country fails us to that point of, of giving us that information, right? And it's like, it's only we, us here talking about it that kind of like bring it up. But when kids are younger, they don't give a fuck about the older people talking about this kind of shit. No. Yeah, and that's, right? that's what it is when you're younger. You yeah. always think you're right and you eventually get to an age where you realize that everybody exactly. else was right. Oh, like, you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Exactly, so respect your elders. <laughs> respect your elders. Yeah, Jared, respect your elders. Yeah, I think like the best gift like somebody can have growing up is like knowing what they want to do. Like if some if you somehow know what you want to do at like 14, 15, like you, yeah. that's like more valuable than any amount than of money. Anything. Yeah. There anything. are people that are like that too. Like yeah, I'm sure I we know, all know like, yeah, a handful of people. People like right away from the beginning, oh, I want to do this, stuck to it, got good at it put in the hours some people don't realize yeah. that till they're 20 some people might not fig- really figure it out to the 30 or 20 40 20s or i was gonna say 20s early like 20s early there's yeah. no shame in being 30 something and be like oh cool this is what i want to fuck with yeah right? yeah no true yeah. i think and that's what i mean i think like life's obviously a journey where you find yourself throughout it right? i feel like, like you always look back and like you reminisce about like the time where you had no idea what you were doing yeah yeah, As, yeah. in a positive way yeah like, it's true right like yeah that. exactly it gets, it's true in that sense like i mean think about it when you were starting this brand did you think like Yo, one day we'll be doing a capsule collection with with no, Rugrats, honestly, SpongeBob, my, my, and honestly, Paw Patrol. The real goal that I had, I'm like, it would be cool if one day, like, I just saw like somebody I didn't know, like a stranger on the street, wearing just like shirt. wearing yeah. a shirt. Like, that was like legitimately humble goal. Now that's like now you know, every day. Now you're fucking, <laughs> that was the dude, only I, goal. I, I was just thinking, like, when we're on my way here. I'm like, man, I don't remember the last time that. I, I was like walking around Toronto without seeing somebody wearing police, something really peace cool. collective, which That's is really insane. Cool that must be like insane yeah. for you. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Like I, I try not to like take it for granted and like, because I'm ambitious and I want to do certain things, like sometimes I'll get in my own head, like, oh, I want to do this. Like, mm. why isn't this happening? Yada, yada. But I try to like really, the end of the day, like this is all like gravy. Like it did, I didn't yeah. think it would work out like this and like, I'm getting to do what I love every day and it's just about how can I keep that going? That's just kind of my thought process. Like how do I just keep doing what I want to do? And growing too with yeah, that, I imagine yeah. too, right? Celebrate your wins, right? Yeah. How did the Rugrats, how did this whole Nickelodeon thing <clears throat> come into place? Like, did they, did you hit them up? They hit you, I'm imagining they, come, they came to you guys or how did that work Yeah, out? so they hit us up. Uh, they reached out and they were basically, you know, we saw everything you're doing with the Raptors MLB. Have you ever thought of doing like licensed product on this side, like in terms of non-sports license? And they kind of like, we're like, okay, this is our list of properties. Like, what would you be interested in working on? This came before the Sesame Street one, correct? Correct, yes. yes. This okay. came before, like, the, the original opportunity came, right. but then yeah. it got delayed because of the Raptors winning. Yes, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, definitely Rugrats was my favorite growing up. I'm a huge SpongeBob fan. I still have the theme song memorized. Like, <laughs> I, I, lo- I, loved, I loved cartoons growing up, so it was, those were too easy to pick. And then obviously, again, it's about being a brand for everybody. So they kind of, I had no idea what Paw Patrol was. I still, I've watched a couple episodes now. Uh, but like, Paw Patrol is like the biggest thing. for research. Thing. For, for research, research purposes. Purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's, it, the, it's a kid show, yes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, okay. But it's legitimately for like, once you hit, once kids hit six years old, they're out of it. Okay. It's legitimately for like kids, kids age three to five, like okay. two to five. And it's like the biggest TV show in the history of like kids TV. Like there's yeah, nothing. Oh, really? Even, yeah. There's TV nothing show. that even touches it. Do you remember like, Zaboombafu? No. Yes, I, I remember Zaboombafu. It was on Channel 2. It was on Channel 2. Yeah, yeah. Zaboombafu and Teletubbies at like, one time, Kangu, they were like, yo, Kangu. the empire, bro. They were like, don't <laughs> fuck with us, man. They were like own children's primetime. Zaboombafu. Yes. No, I don't remember Zaboombafu. That's crazy. And Blue's Clues? Damn. But nostalgia is also like really big right now. It's huge. Like obviously there's companies that that's all they do, like the Urban Outfitters and 
it was just cool like for us we were we didn't really know what to expect we're like yeah like this is cool like just like for my so like sometimes i just like doing collabs for like myself at the end of the day it'd be really cool yeah. like to look back like wow yeah. i got to do this yeah like i think about it that innocently like it'd be really cool like to say that i got to do this uh so just kind of started from there and like i think it really has opened up like our potential of what we can do as a brand and kind of like a lot of the garments that did really well from us, which was cool for me, is like a lot of like this is our top selling, the one I'm wearing right now. It just says peace with the characters around it. That's our top selling product of the last six months. Nice. And like where we want to transition the brand is more like obviously it's great with the showing pride and where you're from, but just really transition to more garments that are just around the concept of peace and and things like that. And like that was like one of our first steps to like fully doing that. So it was cool to see that it worked as well as it did. Do you guys have a calendar for how, do you have like I mean I mean I know it just came out Friday, but do you have kind of a, a rough idea of how the Rugrats capsule is doing? Yeah, it's doing really well. Yeah, yeah imagine. Doing, did you expect it to? Super, yeah, yeah, we yeah. expected it to. Yeah, uh, just from like how well Sesame Street did, and like I said, SpongeBob Paw Patrols this week. We'll see how that does. It's new for us. Uh, SpongeBob, I'm sure, will do really well as well. So it's gonna yes. go. It's going Rugrats, Paw Patrol, then SpongeBob. Then SpongeBob. Every fr- so this Friday is Paw Patrol, and then next Friday is SpongeBob. Oh shit! Why so close? quick? Yeah, it's yeah. a quick. It's all quick. Um, It was just kind of like for us, we wanted to do like, okay, we're launching Nickelodeon, preview it, kind of do an event, and then kind of like every week just kind of roll out the collection and just like let it live on through spring and summer. Sweet. Yeah, Paw Patrol is a little bit different too because it's not not very nostalgic for people not our not age straight, at like all, just, right? It's just like kids. So is that mainly like a kid's collection? It's only kids. It's only kids? Yeah, we're not even oh, doing anything kids. above nice. age like six, seven. It's like okay. strictly Smart. like young. Nice. Where did yeah. that idea come in when you wanted to do kids merchandise as well? Was that yeah, just that's inclusive too, for everybody? Right? Yeah. Um, it was about two two years ago, so it's been a while. Okay. Um, but uh, it was just like a lot of the things we've done, we've started off with collabs. So we did a collab with like a like a really good Canadian-made kids wear company called Mini Miosh. You probably haven't haven't heard of it, <laughs> haven't need to. Uh, but they do really cool kids apparel, so we did that and it worked. Like we do dog apparel now. We started off doing a collab oh, nice. with, oh, Can- with Canada okay. Pooch that did really well. Damn. So kind of collabs have been like the entryway into like seeing, okay, is this going to work? Let's collab with somebody who's trusted in that space. Let's see how it does. And then from there, like if it works, then let's do more of it. I like how you guys collab a lot. I think yeah, that that's yeah. something like, I, I don't know, and like I don't know that industry at all, but I feel like that's something that could be, uh, some people could be like, oh, you know, you shouldn't collab too much with with people. Is that something you hear? Like, do, do people look sometimes saying like, oh, you shouldn't collab? Or is it something where people are like, the more the merrier? Is there is there a distinction there or no? Um, I just, it has to just be cool. Like, yeah. I don't think there's like a magic number. Like at the end of the day, if it's like really cool and it's different and no one's expecting it, like it works out really well. Like obviously like a brand I look up to a lot is like Kith. Yeah. Kith yeah, does yeah. a lot of cool collabs. They're like, I don't even understand how they get to do the stuff know, they do. I it's know. like And it's insane. just like back to back with the with I'd the, love with to like have a conversation with him because like what he's achieved is just like unfathomable. Uh, but it's just, it's just. It, but, but me as a consumer when I look at it like I don't think like oh there's so many clubs there's not enough I just look at it I'm like this is so fucking cool how yeah. do they do this cool so collab, it's just yeah, like yeah. just like try to do more stuff like that like how do you get people to be like I I never fucking saw this coming how did you do this in the next like couple of years are you guys are you guys would you say like a big part of your business is looking for those like cool kind of local organic brands that you can collab with or large scale brands that you can collab with? Would you say collabs? A, com- a, is a combination big- of both collabs. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we want to do like a pop-up series at a store right. where we're going to showcase some up and coming brands, potentially work with them. Like now that I feel like we're, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Like I think I'm at a point where like I can, you know, just try to see like, okay, who else is up and coming? Like how can of we course, help? Yeah. How can we do those different things? 
you know, before you're just so focused on what you're doing. Like I feel like I'm getting to lift my head up a little bit yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. doing. Um, but for us, like we, we do so many different product lines, so it's tough to like find enough time to fit all of them. Like we're gonna have a Blue Jays line come out. We just had a TFC line. We're gonna have an NBA playoffs line. We do like a whole self love capsule. So it's just again all about showing pride in in your country, your city, your team, and yourself. So. We do a lot of different things, and then we're rolling out product for new regions, for like different provinces across Canada, and stuff how, like that. How was that? How has that worked out? Because I know you guys did a bunch like the Vancouver stuff, right? Yeah. Like, so we're gonna be working. We're working on some stuff for the East Coast, uh, Ottawa, Montreal, nice, uh, Edmonton, and Calgary. So it's just like trying to understand how do we give them each their own unique perspective. How do we find like local like uh, influencers or ambassadors and like local like photographers and creators and maybe even like some local brands that we can collab with or carry online. Like how do we again like try to do it in like more of an authentic way. You've, you've done stuff with the Leafs too, right? NHL? Yeah, we do yeah. Leafs. We don't sell it on our site but we do it at the, uh, it's available at the arena. Oh, nice. So we do oh, like really a, interesting. Yeah, we do stuff uh, for the Leafs. We've done stuff with the Canucks. Yeah, so you have you have those connections already. So yeah. they'll go into a place like yeah. Montreal and Edmonton. We've done stuff uh, for the Montreal Impact and yeah. the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah. I really got to see a Montreal Impact game. The Thierry Henry. Yeah, as a coach, I've the been. Their city's a coach now. Yeah, Damn. Montreal, their their stadium's crazy. interesting. I went. We went to Montreal for a buddy's um, bachelor party, and I took him to a Montreal game, Impact against LAFC. Yeah, and the game was sick. It ended five four. It was amazing. Oh, wow. And their stadium's cool. Like it's as much as like fuck them, and they can lose every game. But their stadium was cool. It was like eighteen thousand people, so it was like really close. Like every seat was like it was nice. It was yeah, like a nice little like dope ass soccer stadium. It was cool. Would but, you say that going? How should I phrase this? What do you, first of all, what is like kind of your vetting process for working on collabs? Is it just simply coming down to like an overhead line where it's just like, I like that. I think it's sick. It's going to, it's going to work. Yeah. Or is it something where you look at it from like a, a very like business end side of it being like, okay, this could be, you know, expansive to our business or vice versa or anything like that? It's a combination of everything. Like, I think a lot of the times it, it has to make sense in one of those ways. It has to be like something for us. Like, oh, this is really cool. Like, let's test it. We, we're really passionate about it. Or maybe it's, hey, we want to break into this region or into this product category. So this is going to make sense business-wise. And it's a cheaper way of doing it than if we just kind of... So I'll come back to the, the dog wear line. Like, I, I don't know the first thing about <laughs> sizing for dogs and anything like that. Uh, so Puppy, I'm, full grown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's really two sizes, not. that's it. Uh, so obviously, like, I'm not, I don't have the capabilities. Like, I'm not going to be able to do that. But like, I'd like to test is that like a, is a segment that's going to work for us. So getting to do a collab with Canada Pooch, like they're, they're the best that I know at doing this. Like they take it really seriously. They have like a whole area where they just have dogs coming in all the time and they're measuring so them funny, and it's like man. so yeah. thorough and yeah. so obviously when we collab with them we're able to test that market with a trusted partner so it's that or like we think it's cool or it's we believe in it or it's like new it just it has to make sense in some way it's not always going to be the same that makes sense i get you what would you say are some some of the big big hurdles and kind of barriers you've had on this journey for yourself and business but just yeah. some big big journeys that you've uh, a burden sorry that you've had and um just kind of like uh, are there things that have set you back how did you kind of get through that like what are challenges you've had yeah i've had a lot man i've had so many challenges oh, yeah. like i remember like the first thing i ever did like i'm like okay i'm gonna make a bunch of shirts and i got like legitimately i saved up like three grand and i went and got a bunch of shirts made and i legitimately did it wrong and i had to like donate oh, or like no. get rid of oh, all the shirts but that's just an example of like a, right now it's like irrelevant but it's like yeah. when you start off and like you save up a bunch of money and like that's that's an example of a hurdle but 
As a lot of the, the hurdles I've always had to overcome is just not really being from this industry or like not having a business background and not necessarily always being the best at like networking. Like I'm networking or like going out there and like finding a mentor. Like I'm very the type of person that's just like, I'm just going to keep going, work my hardest, try my best, just try to do new things, fail, try to do it better, continue to grow. So I've definitely faced a lot of hurdles kind of like growth in that area. And like I said, like I briefly mentioned, but when we tried to open... Uh, too far into retail like we expanded we had four stores going at a time and like not really just being so naive like oh things are going so well we have one store let's get two three four <laughs> like not really understanding one is that good four must be, <laughs> must be better <laughs> and it was amazing like we started yeah. off great and we were growing and they were doing well but like i didn't really understand at that point that like whatever infrastructure you have in place to service one store is not the same that you need to service four yeah like it sounds obviously like yeah. four stores is more people, more yeah, everything, yeah. but you don't really realize like, because we've never really had fun. We've never had funding. It's all been self-funded and, mm -hmm. and kind of like through our sales and our growth. So like not understanding necessarily that, you know, you, if you have this many stores, you need to have like a warehouse X amount of space. Like you need to be able to have, you need to start thinking about like HR. Like you need to make yeah, sure yeah. that you need this and you need that. And Once like, that's a cost. 30 and, staff. You need and HR. like, it starts to get a, a little complicated and it starts to like, you know, it's easy to keep an employee happy if they're reporting to you, but how do you keep an employee happy if he's reporting to somebody who's reporting to somebody? Yeah. And then you got to think, well, what's your company culture? And like, you've never really, I've never really <laughs> thought of that before. Like all those things start to come into place. Yeah. So we really just had to take a step like, okay, these were pop-ups, like it was fun, but like we can't like maintain this level of like being the size of a company. So we're going to retract a bit. We're going to close the pop-ups. We're going to focus on online. We're going to kind of like rebuild and like regrow through a new direction and like having that humility and like obviously tough times when you're like, you expanded so much and then you have to like go backwards a little bit and like going through tough times with like cash flowing and this and that. It's like a lot of complicated stuff that you didn't think about when you were just trying to like, yeah, you know, like this sounds like fun. And then just it's a like, lot for somebody in their twenties too, to yeah, figure just out to you know try to I mean? like, like to like yeah. stay in front of all of it. So it was a lot of learning lessons, a lot of hurdles, a lot of tough times. And just trying to understand that like, you just can't like, you can't ride the wave of emotions. You can't get like too up. You can't get too down and nothing's the end of the world. And just trying to like not react emotionally to things has been like the biggest like learning lesson. That's interesting. Not reacting. Yeah. Do you have any like <clears throat> intentions to open more brick and mortars or? Like uh, yeah, eventually. Like I think yeah. we do eventually want to open something on the West coast. Um, but it has to be like a unique experience. Like when we opened union station, it was okay. We wanted like this small, like fan centric space near all the arenas. Like it yeah. was like a new experience. So it's like it was also cool at that time. Like that's when like all those, that those little retail spots were opening. Yeah. Up, and right? like so union it was cool is to be in there. Just like being in there and knowing what's coming, like this is not even like 10% of their plans. There's going to be yeah. like a hotel in there. There's going to be like multiple like levels and restaurants and like a fresh food yeah. market. Like there's a lot. I don't know how often you guys go to Union Station, yeah. but it's oh, going to yeah. be completely transformed. I used to be there like next. every day. We both yeah. did. Yeah, that's yeah. when you guys were opening is when I took the go train. Yeah, run, so, so it's going to pass like by all the time. Completely even like to another level transform. So it was just getting an opportunity to be in that building yeah. long term before like it really, really like becomes what it's going to become. Yeah. You said that sanity was something that was hard for you to like maintain going yeah, through that. And I, it still I, is hard. Yeah, you know, I get that. Like, it's like, I, I think there, there's a not not enough people talk about kind of that in like you know our our, our respective industries. Just yeah. being like you know in your twenties and trying to like do shit. Yeah. In two thousand in the two thousands, like it's just it's just hard, and it, it's a lot of like battling with sanity and like oh my like I talk about it on Instagram a lot, yeah. like mental health and all that kind of shit. But I think how did you how did you kind of i know you obviously still like deal with it and yeah. everybody does but how did you when there were times were tough like how did you get through that that mental barrier and that like how did you maintain your sanity 
Yeah, and to be honest, I'm not the best at it. Like I can like honestly say, like I get way too caught up into work and like working too much and like always trying to like think of like I'm always thinking about work. So it's like very hard for me to like unplug and like take a step back. But I try to like when it's going really hard, like I try to remember, like, you know, you asked for this. Like that's like what I always yeah. try to go back yeah. to. You signed up like, for yeah, this is what I wanted. Like this is the shit I wanted. Like I dreamt about this. Like I really wanted to do Remember this. All I could think about. Like when I was working every other job, I was miserable. No matter how many other people around me, like I used to work at Salesforce, which is everybody fucking loves it there. And I fucking hated it. I just did, was not what I wanted to do. So yeah. I try to remember that like like this is what I wanted. But honestly I just try to do a better job of like having a good support system. Like, you know, going out and seeing friends and making the effort and like you know, trying to shut off and like having passions. Like I'm a big football fan. So like mm-hmm. Saturday mornings, I just spend the whole time watching soccer. Like that's Dude, all I do. Dude, it's church, this guy. I'm up at 7 a.m. Yeah. I know, man. Yeah. Like, we, we can't even do, we can't do podcasts on Saturday morning. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't even go there. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> the, the, but I, Sometimes I'll miss the early game, but yeah. but the 11 o'clock game is always 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock. But I, I'm get, I think I'm slowly getting better at it. And it's just, like I read a really good book called, uh, what was it called? Obstacles in the Way. Hmm. I highly recommend that book, but it's just about like, like really, like things happen, like don't, like things are going to happen. It's not good or bad. Like this thing happened, like just view it as like a thing that happened and think more about like how to respond to it or like what's the best next move instead of spending too much time. Like I used to be a person that would spend so much time like, well, I could have done this better this way or like how do I do this better this way? Just try to get those thoughts out of my mind and just focus on the next move and, and just try to like, have little things I do on a weekly basis to try to unplug. Do you feel that it helps you disconnect when you do those things? Like, do you yeah, see like a big, big change, a noticeable change? Yeah, I feel like when I when I do take a break or I spend some time away, like I'll come back to what I was doing before and maybe just like view things a little bit different or like I just let it like kind of like sit in my brain. Like I, I can't figure this out. Like I'm just gonna let it sit in my head for like a day or two and then look at it again and like maybe something's changed in that time or like, you know, life has kind of changed so that's, a bit. I can't, I have a hard time with that, man. Me like, too. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm I speaking. never, I feel like I never fully turn off. Like yeah. even when I'm like chilling at night, like I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll be like, I'm going to play some Call of Duty or watch like some Netflix and just chill. I'm like, I need to, I need to decompress and just spend the night chilling. Yeah. And then I'll be sitting there and I'm like watching something on Netflix or whatever. And then I'll get like a spark of like, oh, that's interesting. Like I can incorporate so that. I, that I'm the, so I'm the same way, but I feel like if I do, like, you ever feel like if you didn't take the time to watch Netflix, the spark wouldn't have come to 100%. you? 100%. So that's what I was trying to say. Like, I'm still not the best at it. I don't fully unplug. I know, yeah. But it's like when I break away from it or I'm doing something or I'm out with friends, it just might hit me like, oh, fuck, why didn't I think about it like I know. This? See, and that's, it's hard because, man, like my fucking issue there is that when I'm with people and I'm like, I get this idea, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah all right. And they just, just like just zone move. I just yeah. fucking yeah, zone yeah. out. I like leave. I like go home. Like riding in the car. I'm like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Writing it down on like a note. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I get a text from like, where the fuck you go? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I'm gonna go home now and just draft up like a deck yeah. for the next. Yeah, like, I was yeah. just on Brazil in a ba- like a bachelor party. I have to. I partied at like six a.m. and like it was two hour time zone difference. So I nine o'clock here was eleven. Like work starts at nine, so I'd have to be in front of a computer from like ten a.m. To like 2 p.m. and like do whatever I could do, like set up everybody. So I was still working the whole time, but like just understanding that like you just got to do both at the same time. Oh, you have to. You yeah. have to. And I, that's what I mean. Like a lot of people, but at the same time, I guess not because there's a lot of people I do know that are like, no, no, no I check out for the weekend I can't. and I will not think. I'll say you got to delegate that shit. <laughs> yeah. Give that I'm shit like, to someone else. It's tough though. Like I it get is. that. It's yeah, like, it's like tough, a, I'm but... sure a part of you doesn't want to also because it's like, you know, Peace Collective is for, for all intents and purposes. It's like your, it's your brainchild, your baby. Yeah. So you always want to be there like, oh, 
you know, holding the hand and coddling and being like, all right, I'll, I'll step back a little bit. But like, it's like setting your kid down the street with like a tricycle <laughs> for the first time and they're going down the hill and you're yeah. like, go ahead. And then you see them start picking up speed and you're like, oh, I'm going to run after you and fucking yeah. hold you. Make sure you don't actually fall over. Yeah. It's a tough thing, man. It's like, and we get, we get that with the podcast a lot too. Yeah. I think, but I also think your, your business is at a place where, yeah, I think you you still need to be super involved yeah. in a certain sense. Right. Cause like you're at a good place, but you're also at a place of, 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 of huge potential growth so you don't want to fucking miss anything so like i get that i understand why why you're still clocking in that 10 to 2 every single day even on vacay right do you work do you where do you work out of usually uh so our our main offices is by the airport okay so we have a warehouse and like an office space and like a little studio we do stuff out of nice yeah it's cool to just have our own space to do stuff on production and now are you guys doing like all of your own like content in-house how does that work or are you guys like still working with creatives in the city no we work a lot that's like something that we've always done we work we have like what we call like a creator program so we work with like three four photographers in every city we're trying to like build that out through canada uh so we're always working with different photographers and we do some we do in-house photography and we've built out kind of like an in-house studio and like video is like a really big thing for like the e-com that you guys are doing as well like for e-com and just like I think Instagram has gone through such a change in the mm-hmm. last year, like you have to be doing video, yeah. like ads and yeah. all that stuff. It has to be video. Yeah. So that's what we're working on right now. Or the like yeah. this month, last month is like how do we get better video content? And we, I like to do stuff in house just because it just gives you more control. You can like test <laughs> I, control I, I again. You're, you're, like, you're like, yeah, <laughs> fuck. I'm trying to step back, but like I still want to fucking no. It's, control. it's I don't know. It's fun when you can like really like dig into it. Like okay, I'm gonna make the video like this. Let's see how good it does, but like, okay, let's change like one action. Is it gonna do better or worse? And just like yeah. constantly test, and it's it's impossible to do that if you're having it's, to contract it out. It's like really really hard. It's, it's better when you're dealing with your people too, as opposed yeah. to with like an agency. You kind of develop a synergy. You develop a synergy, and you, yeah. you know you get better. And every time, the more you work together, the better you get. So we never work with any agencies. Like we don't work with yeah. any like uh, influencer agencies or any of that stuff. Like we, if we're gonna work with a photographer, like we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm personally usually reaching out to them. Like you know. I like their work. Like I want to work with you. Like that's 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 built to something. Let's work on something. As I, I don't like when it's like you know I'm a I'm a hire this PR agency and they're just gonna, yeah. they have their list of and I, I've seen it. Like sometimes like I feel like a lot of times like I go to these. You sometimes you go to these different events and it's the same like thirty people that are oh yeah the ambassadors yeah, for like everything happening in the entire city and it's just because <laughs> these four or five companies are all these companies are using the same the four same or five people. PR agencies who have like their spreadsheet. Of like these are the yeah, people you reach out to, <laughs> and then they just send everything to. It's the like same remember people. like the early two thousands of video vixens. Remember they were like all the same in every video. Yeah, yeah. it was all the same chicks. You're like, yeah, yeah, Vita, Ger- Vita, Vita Guerrero. Guerrero. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's the first name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, yo, Vita Guerrero was yeah. fucking everywhere. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah is that is that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just chick is just like in everything because that was just the vibe, man. That was what she was doing. But yeah, yeah. that's you're right though, especially in the city, man. Like, I like recently went off about this, this kind of topic, especially with like seating lists and influencer lists. It's just like the same people yeah. and you're like man you're not really like, cultivating anything if you're just choosing the same people that are, are like they just become talking heads that, like, like, like they, they become a walking mannequin or or, or a you know a figurehead on their instagram page for brands yeah and the thing is like like i, I try to like always think about it like what what is this person doing if there's nothing to like influence like right like what, yeah. what if, yeah. if you're just like legitimately your entire thing is you're on Instagram and you influence people to do things by purchasing things and then it's like that's not necessarily somebody that we're gonna work with. No, and that that people who coin themselves like it like I, I've met unfortunately I've met people who have been like oh what do you do they're like oh I'm an influencer. I'm sure you've gotten that. I'm sure yeah. all of us have. It, it's just so like I, I can't even I don't even know how to digest that when someone says that to me. I'm like oh cool bet. What do you outside of an influ- like what do you influ- what do you do? They're like, no, I'm an influencer. That's yeah. what I do. I've had someone introduce themselves to me with their <laughs> IG name. 
at an event like that through their amazing. Instagram name. Yeah. So they're legitimately I'm, like, I'm, I'm at blank blank blank. Yeah. Yeah, that's I like, whack. Oh, I was man. thinking about this the other day. Like, what do you think is more like as sad as this is to say? What do you think is more valuable? Having like a really good Instagram profile or like like having like a really good like being what's portfolio like in person. Like, I don't really know. Like, it's getting to a point where you can probably make more money through your Instagram life than you can through your real life. But it's I, that's what people think, though. But, like, the reality is, like, the money is and it's been for a while. It's dried up in that probably. realm. Because, like, yeah, you still get some, like, influencer campaigns. And I, I'll be the first person to say, like, I'm glad that it went the opposite way. Because I used to always say, like, the day that I could start making money as just a photographer... I'm going to delete my Instagram. I used to say that to you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Never happened. I never deleted my Instagram because I was too much of a bitch. But yeah, yeah it, I was always like, man, I want to get to the point where like I'm respected and I'm hired as is just a photographer. But do you think that can happen anymore? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's actually- If you're going to hire somebody, what's the, I'm going to be real. If I'm going to hire somebody for social media marketing, uh, the first thing I'm going to do, if, if somebody's applying for like a social media, whatever position or marketing yeah. position, if their Instagram handle is not in their resume or I can't find it, I'm not going to, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm probably not going to hire that person. That's fair. But why do you think, what, what do you think instinctively inside makes you decide that? Because they need to like know what's going on. Like they need to know, like they need, like I, it's cool if you, I guess this position I'm talking about is more like a marketing focus. But are you saying that like they don't have a social or are you saying they're just not showing it to you? They're not, that's not like part of their application. Like people that, okay. you, from my experience, people that have it as part of their application are usually better applicants. Or if like, if you're, if you're applying for a graphic designer, yeah. if I can't easily see your portfolio and like you, if you, the best graphic designers I've hired have like a, a crazy portfolio. Their Instagram is all their work that they're working on. They're yeah. passionate. I can see like the whole mm -hmm. 360 view of who they are. They usually, I get so many ap applicants from my graphic designers that don't have their work up anywhere or like have a university degree in graphic design, but it's like, where is like the fact that you're like, you're. Well, that's what I mean because like so I don't a, website, a website would suffice too though, right? As but don't you think that if you're going to hire a photographer, don't you think it would be benefit? You don't think there's any benefit to like seeing like like that 360 view, like how they're showing their work? I do, yes. I, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, there's a part of me that doesn't because for example, if I, let's just say like hypothetically speaking, tomorrow I needed to go like job hunt, right? Yeah. I would, I would never submit my Instagram on a, for, for a job resume, it, it, like for anything ever. And that's just per, like a personal thing because I feel like that would be, I don't know, me personally, I'm like, I feel like that would be a little weird or tacky. I'd be like, Here's my Instagram. Like I have no, you know, but you have this your portfolio. No, but it's not about that. It's a portfolio. No, no, no. Like yes, but portfolio. I have. See, like I have like a I know, most photographers. I know, like we have like a legitimate yeah, portfolio, website. right? Like an actual with like commission work and all that shit, which is where actually most of my like good work is, because like yeah. a lot of stuff I can't post on. Yeah. A lot of stuff I am still under contract where I can never even post to That's my pro portfolio. Um, a lot of sports work is like that, right? So, you know, there's certain things like that where I'm like, yeah, I'd rather somebody go to my portfolio for yeah. sure. Um. But, but it helps. It definitely, it definitely helps. I, and I know it what definitely you're saying. Helps. Like, and I know yeah. a lot of people do that, but I just know, and I think that's because it's like, well, shit, we're the same age. We're old. Fuck. Yeah. And, and then Ryan's the granddaddy over here, but For two years. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's those situations where like, it's just not, it's not first instinct for me to include a, an Instagram, for example, into yeah. like a resume. Cause I'm, I'm come from the stock of like submitting resumes, just like printing no, them out. That's what I mean. Would you, if you were like, no, would you? I wouldn't, but I'm just saying like from my experience, a lot of the times, like the ones that do have that are usually the stronger applicants. hundred percent. And, yeah. and like, that's what I mean where I agree with you, but I, so I'm like, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And you know, I feel like you wouldn't do it yourself yeah, personally, yeah. but <laughs> if I'm hiring somebody, you're probably right. Like I'd yeah. probably look at it and consider it. Like, yeah. well, you have to have I, one, you have to have either a website or an IG. Yeah, like, of course. There's, there's something that has to have. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm not saying like you have to have a portfolio of course yeah. yeah i need to see your work yeah but like I, there's a, a lot of friends i have that are like oh i don't want to be on i don't want to be on instagram i don't want my kids to be on it but i just feel like 
like it's not about what you like or don't like. You're putting your right. child at a disadvantage. Like it's just yeah. the reality of what the world is. You're right. You're right. And yeah, I agree with that. Unless they're just strictly just gonna go to school, get become an accountant or whatever. Yeah. If they have any passions or any creative things that they want to do, they have to be where everybody. If if that if everybody's on TikTok, you have to. You have not to saying you have it. to follow, yeah. but you have to like be aware. You have to like be where the audience is. If your kid Wherever wants the to eyeballs be there, are and them. the audiences are, that's where you have to try to showcase your work. For sure. Because if you're not letting them, then you're, you're stifling their creativity. You're stifling yeah. your own creativity or opportunities. But like I just know for me, like if when, I, when I've hired photographers and stuff like that, and, and again, this is maybe like so back, back, backwoods and just kind of like obscure, but I usually am more like, you know, like I need to see some of your work and like see what it's at. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm more like, yeah, let's just sit down and let's like have, let's spend an hour and like talk and let me, let me gauge this person and kind of for see sure. what they're at. Because for me, I feel like you're more, I'm more in li- like inclined to work with somebody if I can really vibe with them and fuck with them as a person, yeah. even if they may not be the strongest photographer, because at the end of the day, like, I'm sure you see this, but most of the work that goes and is like big commercial work is really not like amazing. It's not no, like it's that. Not. You know what and I that's, mean? That's one of the reasons why I found that Instagram does show it's because like that's usually those people are the ones that I like, just love what they're doing. That's yes. what I care about. If you yeah. love what you're doing, you're like, oh, I have my work here, 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 here. I'm always about this work. I want to talk about it. I want to get better at it. Those are usually the best candidates, not necessarily the one with the best university degree or like the most amazing yeah, portfolio. It's the one that's like really like really about it, like really like 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely. Like and I think that that's why like even when I do certain things like that, like I've had I had these two guys like, you know, come in and assist me on a shoot. And we, we, we joint like shot um, a campaign for um, an automotive brand recently. Yeah. And um, it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Like, just like having like, you know, a little crew just like shooting some shit and seeing what we could do individually yeah. with it and kind of gauging like, yo, let's see how this works. And the reason why, like, y- you know, I think a lot of the times I'm going to go to like the people like when I hire photographers for certain like events or for other things or if I need them, it's literally like you're looking at the room of yeah. people that I, <laughs> I bring into things because so how did like, you meet the I work with this guy, Panera. Which yeah, is hilarious. Panera's, uh, Panera is one of my Red. favorite spots. Actually? Yeah, I love Panera. Nice. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Middle Eastern, of course. <laughs> we, we worked at the Richmond Hill location, dude. It was, it was just, it, it was, oh my God, man. It was, oh, too funny, dude. Every day, June. That's a restaurant I ran for a bit for a couple of years. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Poquito, too. Yeah, Poquito, too. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I met Ryan working with Ryan. Ellie was Panera gang as well. Um, and then these two, I've met them through free agency, through, through free, um, just doing programming here and, and kind of just being part of the community. And that was something that, um, you know, like Danny, Danny Oaks, shout out Danny Oaks, he'll love this, yeah. who runs the space now, um, as far as programming, he just kind of wanted to, to really like reinvigorate the community. And, and it's, it's really interesting to see, cause this has only really started happening since like last summer. Um, and I've been a member of free since 2000 and fuck. 12 <laughs> something like that yeah. uh you know what i mean like one of the I'm a founding members so I, I i've been here for a while and there's times where you know you see like lulls in community and, and involvement and people just are like ah you guys are kind of, what are you guys an agency what, yeah. you know and then you see this kind of trail off and then now it's like this community has been built where like on during the week programming is going to be starting up soon again but nice. like on a tuesday night we'll fill this entire space just to have to hear a couple people talk about like, you know, like for example, what, what we're doing right yeah. now. And it's great to have that community come out and support. And then you meet great people in it. And, and I think sort of where I'm at in like my career, um, 
you know, and as a podcast collectively, this is sort of our focus is like shining light on up and coming people in this community. You know what I mean? Like I'm no longer like competing with my colleagues for like photography gigs anymore. Yeah. Like, I th- and just like, I'm sure you're not competing with like local, uh, for sure. you know, because it's just, you, you rise above that and you're like, there's enough to go around. You realize that I've had my salty years and that was it, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> well documented, you know, I've had my salty years, but it's one of those things where you realize you're like, yo, like everybody could eat, man. Everyone's trying to do good shit. And that's all we're trying to do is just like cultivate a good community in this city because Toronto's one of the literally the best place I've, I've been in my life 100%. and like I have my issues with the city especially when I'm sitting on the 404 or the DVP yeah, you have the issues with, with the infrastructure yes <laughs> yes I do I hundred that's exactly the word I always <laughs> use to so you're right yeah like fuck this infrastructure but the city you know it's a special place to all of us right and um and I think that's why like I, I have such a affinity for for, for peace is because it's it, it's just such a it, it's it's basically for me it's just like this clothing brand that just do putting out just like cool shit after cool shit after cool shit that that shares the same ethos as yeah. as myself but us and as the podcast collectively and everything that I'm associated with now like this space free and you know like it's just this is sort of what I think is the next step and back to like our, our conversation about like what do I think is the future yeah I think incubators like this are like the future and and you're it sounds funny it's funny enough because it sounds like you guys are kind of inadvertently creating like this mini incubator in your store with like yo okay we have like you can come in for like a milkshake but you can yeah. buy our stuff but also people can come in and kick it and like meet yeah, and I, I know I have friends who've been like oh yeah I'm, I'm like they're like oh we're meeting up today at peace I'm like are they allowing that? Like, is are, are they soliciting or like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> no, but like people will like link up there and then now you want to turn that front of the space into like a revolving kind of thing with, you know, showcasing new. Yeah. And that's amazing. Like, I'm like, really excited. That's one of the things I'm most excited about is like doing a lot more stuff like that. I finally feel like, you know, like I said, I'm the type of person that puts their heads down. I just put my head down and I just want to work. So I'm trying to do a better job now with the brand and everything we're doing, like just to really try to take a little bit of a step back and try to connect with more people and do more cool things. Yeah, that's some, and, and like you, you know, you said you're like, oh, I, I would love to, I would love to be on a level like Ronnie. I'll be honest, man. Like I, I think that you know, I think you guys are, are are there, like maybe in a different in a different way. But I think like you guys are doing some things that even Kith isn't doing, in the sense of you know, like again, being a big part of that community involvement. Yeah, like, for us, like, it great, all starts. It all starts with the community, and, yeah. and that's one thing that you know they didn't do. So I, I think you guys are more than well on your way I to, to sort of match that and, and be that kind of thing. But um, what's immediately on the horizon, man? What do you got? What do you got planned up for this year? After these uh, Nickelodeon drops. Yeah, so f- uh, for us this year, a big thing, like I said, is launching new regions, like really taking what we've done here and we've, we've started to build on the West Coast and extending that to the East Coast, Montreal, Ottawa, uh, Calgary, and Edmonton. I uh, really just try to create that sense of community in all those different regions. And then beyond there, just really strengthening like our licensing, our new NBA product, NHL product, like really providing products across all teams and working with different leagues in the U.S. So that's kind of like what we're working on in the next year. Nice. I like yeah. That. And on the charitable aspect side, again, our goal this year is to raise 350,000 uh, school meals. And we're going to be working with a couple of new organizations as well. So far, we've only done the school meals for the most part. Uh, but this year, we kind of want to take that further with a couple of new collections, giving back to new causes. Nice. I like nice. that, man. Well, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of all of us, but like, we'd love to help out in any capacity we can. We, really we're big that. fans of what you guys do. And, you know, I think it's it's cool having like local community stuff, you For know, sure. uh, buying together. But um, yeah, what else you got? That's it, man. Uh, good? Went, went through my list. Went through your list? Man, I know. List we, sunk up, we sunk up well today, man. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, fun. Yeah, yeah sure. man. Where can people it. find you? Uh, so the brand is Peace Collective, uh, www www.peace-collective.com. The Instagram is Peace Collective. And myself personally, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram, The Real YD. 
Real YG. <laughs> yeah. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, thank you for so much for coming in and doing this with us. Man. It's been, it's been it, we wanted to get you on for so long, and then we we're like, yo, we just got to make sure. Again, it was one of those things where like, time's got to be right. Got to yeah. make sure stuff's going on. But then we were chatting, and I saw the Rugrat stuff come out. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a good time to come out. But um, yeah, we appreciate you doing this with us, man. Um, hope we can collab in the future. But for sure. uh, Had a blast. yeah, we appreciate you coming through, man. Thank you. That's it. Bang, thank bang. you. Peace. Peace. Thank you.